Yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna really, really, really want a new weapon. Ah, uh, if you wanna be my tasker, you've gotta choose thief. Make task last forever. Blue peas never end. If you wanna be my tasker, you've got to explain me. Didn't find a dad for some random girl, but that's the way it is. And you are listening to WTF in Vanadil. With Spicy Girl Ryan and... Undanger. I don't think they're listening to us anymore after that. Probably not, that was super awkward. Even more so than my joke from the last time I was on the episode. Oh, you know, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. And I wanna, I wanna be awkward. Clearly. And, and today, Funkworks is here, and uh, the pun danger, Eryx is here, and the fox is not here. He has uh, stuff to attend to in the real world, like an adult... So, filling in for him today is the the pun danger. Yeah, there's no time for us. This is too trivial for him. Yeah, I think people wished it was you instead of him, but we'll just go with this. <laughs> when do we have the podcast where it's not me and it's Fox and you guys? Whenever he can record it. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about Mythic Weapons, episode 46. Oh my, Mythic. Episode of Mythical Proportions. Yeah, everyone seemed to have enjoyed our Relic episode, so we wanted to make sure to follow it up. And just to please, uh, I'm a real girl, there is no abject email this week. We... Abject is slacking, come on, dude. I expect two next week. Slackjack. Yeah, two emails, we'd be here doing nothing but what is an abject email as an episode. We're talking for, about food. How are we going to talk about food now this week? Uh, that always segues into food. You know, Eric's was telling me pre-show here that he makes caprese salad and he saw the balsamic part because he's been catching up on... We've not been respecting the Eric's time here and he's been catching up, as you do, on many episodes and finally found the balsamic one by randomly clicking one of the 15 he's missed. Well, technically I wasn't respecting your time since I didn't even, didn't even bother to listen to your podcast episodes until, well, yesterday. He has competing interests, he said. He'd rather listen to music than us. And I said, that's very understandable. Well, I told you before that um, I was never really into podcasts until I found out about you guys. So I have to, well, motivate, motivate myself to listen to that for three hours at a time. Can you <laughs> believe it? Can you dig it? Nope. Anyway, in the absence of an abject email, I have prepared a terrible awful joke okay i didn't know this was coming but uh, uh i'll take it what is it what's an undead's favorite food bouloni ghoul lush oh ghoul lush oh. did you find that in the back of a laffy taffy does laffy no, taffy thought... have jokes yeah those little tiny uh bite-sized ones i don't partake in those i don't even know what that is <laughs> but okay <laughs> Funk, no, must be a Midwest thing. Funk, I'm from a state that has real taffy, okay? We don't have none of this Laffy Taffy shit. Well, you're missing out. Although the banana-flavored one was pretty decent as a kid. I do recall the banana-flavored one. That's yeah. bananas, man. So we have a couple segments. Actually, for the first time, start the, uh, the annals of time being recorded now. We have two worst posts of the week. If that was possible, who knew? But now it is. Are you blaming the free logging campaign for that, or just happenstance? Uh, actually, yeah. The, the the one you posted, Funk, that could not be ignored any longer, that this content had to be tackled, was this one here in the Dark Matter thread on Reddit. So, switching over to the segment of worst posts of the week, 
So there's a dark matter thread telling people, if you don't know how to do it, here's how to do it, and da-da-da-da-da. And someone comes out of here, Mr. P. Brand, who is Odoric of Odin, sorry to out you, and he goes off in the thread here saying, My grandma suffered from gambling addiction and it tore her down a deep, dark hole. I don't know you, but you should consider seeking help when avoiding things like this. Gotcha pawn mechanics, and primarily mobile games, are increasing in prevalence of the social acceptance of all of this all, and it's not it's 100% not okay. And that's just because dark matter is, you know, the ultimate addiction. That post wasn't okay. No, that person's not okay. Like, I understand gambling addiction is a serious problem, but how does Osim have to do with that? I might just run out of dark matter for the day, and I'll be jonesing for the next bad augment tomorrow. I mean, it sounds like he, the the other poster thought that the per- person was using actual dark matter to augment, not just the campaign. But who knows? Yeah, if that campaign didn't exist, I'm not sure how many dark matter augments we'd actually have in the wild. So, two things come to mind. Number one would be Beastmaster doing these vagary runs for dark matter in the past. I don't know if he still uses the dark matter or what he does, but he was making all these augments for Beast and just spamming vagary, which could be considered a gambling addiction, I'd imagine. But number two, and more importantly, so is he saying his grandmother went down a deep dark hole with Osim, or just gambling in general? Because the way that was written... Uh, and it tore her down a deep, dark hole could be how we all feel like this person's potential grandmother here about Osim Augments, because... Well, everybody knows Osim is a player. <laughs> but also a player hater. Here, here. Charisma plus one. It's Congratulations. Not, I think a, enjoy. a pimp needs more charisma than that. Well, it's what he gives everyone else because he keeps the charisma for himself. When keeping charisma goes wrong. Well, what do you think, Funk? Do you think it's about well, the person's grandmother being addicted to Osim, or just the social acceptance of dark matter augments is 100% not okay? I think that if the Alexandria adjustments weren't made, only our great-grandchildren and grandchildren would be benefited from our mythics. So it could be that in a different dimension. If you got two pieces per day... We'll cover the yeah. chart, okay? We'll get to the we'll chart. We'll cover the chart. So the other, the other worst post of the week would be on the official forums, go figure... And it's, you know, it's a very subtle post. So, uh, Dark Sia here posted a bug report, and all it is is a YouTube link to a horrible YouTube video of mine while soloing Gin on Blue, where I didn't calculate out the accuracy needed and just went in there thinking, oh, I can take him, it's easy. We'll see what happens. And it was a very slow, tedious, poor video, which Fox had commented, and since he's not here, we'll have to have him in spirit, that at least your video helps because you pointed out and addressed the problem that people would have, and you actually helped. But Sialid submitted nothing but my YouTube link here. And what I have been told here um, is that that is a way that people are trying to get others banned, is by posting a video you're in with third-party, dirty third-party tools. And apparently the Japanese have been meeting success with it. So I guess Sialid here on Asura had met with uh, the same sort of uh, idea frame here. Because they have a long history, apparently, of hating me, because I thought that name looked familiar, and I went to my auctionhouse.com post here, and we have a gem here from Sialid. The reason why Spicy doesn't know how to play, even though he talks big, he has lack of knowledge that can't back it, and that what going on around the whole server and hearing a lot of other things, he may have to leave again and change his name so he can hide who he is. No period, no breaks, nothing. That's That's the comment, so... A gem, if I've ever seen. If I have a gambling addiction, then read that. (laughs) 
So the bug post was just a link to your video, nothing yeah, else? Yeah, just a link to my video. It's it's labeled some kind of bug by oh, okay. Sia Lee there, posted under another name of Darksia, but it says Sia Lee to Sarah. So. Is this the, do you think this is the person who tries to ask to, for an alternative wiki because they don't want to use BGWiki because of us? I don't think it was that person. That's a different person. Uh, this Sia Lee is just someone who yells things uh, about how much they hate me on Asura, so... They've been yelling for years and posting for years, and now they're trying to just get me banned with a posting a poor, poor video. They actually shout in game too. Oh yeah, they say something in game about how I'm terrible. They yell things about me when I pop up sometimes. Tell them to get into the queue. Well, you better change servers and post on the BG World Transfer thread. Try to get a different link shell. Yeah, I've never changed servers outside of the server merge, and I've never changed my name because why would I want to be anything but spicy? And uh, it just confuses me when people spread things like that. It's just very odd. But I, I appreciated the Blue Peas-esque thing here of even though he talk big game and he, big game, big he has lack of knowledge that can't back it. I mean, that's why you have Fox. <laughs> yes, correct. He is the Rua, the backbone of our show. Oh, boy. Except I do know things sometimes. Sometimes. You cook and you know things. I cook and I know things. And today there is no fruit beer. Uh, taking a break from fruit beers because Fox isn't here. I just want to be not miserable. <laughs> so we're enjoying a very nice single vineyard Riesling here from uh, Eric's neck of the woods. I'm never sending you any beer again. So how never. do you get all those weird-ass wines that you get? Do you just subscribe to some kind of a delivery service and they send you weird shit? No, I special order them. So you pick out what you want to order. And I go order. into a it's store. That. I go into my local store and I ask to special order things from the Skernik portfolio, and I pick things that I think will be good. You schnazzy. Very schnazzy. Do you pay for delivery? Uh you got to buy the product. So, I it's and the, it gets ordered to the store, so there's no delivery. I go to the store and get it. And some things are not usually stocked then. No, these are never on the shelf. Do you just like throw a die and then pick a different random number or what? Sometimes, yeah. I look for, um, in this case, it's going to get into wine geeky stuff here. So in this case, even if I don't know the producer, uh, I know that they're in the Skernik catalog, which is what I go by because they pick good quality producers. But I see it's from a good year. 2016 was a good year uh, for Riesling. And it is from a single vineyard. So it's from Johannesburg or Vogelsong. So it's from Birdsong. And it's a single vineyard Riesling from a good year from a producer or from a good catalog, and I can just pick that. It's, it's a dry Riesling. It's a Riesling Trocken. So I'll just pick something like that, and it's, it's always good because I like that kind of stuff. Do you have an app you can check them off saying that you already drank them? Um, I don't know if there's like, like for beer, there's like that tapped app, but I don't use those kind of things. So, so there's no leaderboard. So I'll get um, certain producers that I really like, um, and I'll just start picking things from them. Do you usually just drink uh, German wine, or do you also drink German beer regularly? I have a lot of German beer. Because we're usually more famous for our beer rather than our vine, wine, so... You know, I don't think you should be, because I know we're getting into a tangent here, a rabbit hole, but um, beer is beer, yep. and you guys make good beer, but it's very traditional. Like, uh, I think a Jinger is my favorite brewery in Germany, but if I have that, or if I have like a Vosteiner or a, uh, a Weinstefana or something like that, they're always good and they're not too far off from each other. They're very similar. If I get, you know, a Dunkel from Vosteiner, it's not, I mean, I like the Hofbrau Dunkel better, but it's not like a drastic difference. If I get wines, there's big differences there and there's, you know, 
your, your wines are much more pronounced and unique and you can't replicate them elsewhere in the world. You can make really, I mean, as long as you have the hops that are grown in Germany, you can make good beer in America. Otherwise, you get something like Budweiser or Bud Light because they don't have the hops you guys had and they got to use corn or rice or something to try and replicate what Germans were making, which is the history of those, you know, Miller Lights and stuff. But your your wines are just very, they're more, I think they're more German than the beer, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. I'm sure it's not a popular opinion. It's funny because a lot of uh, people I know prefer Belgian beers over German beers. Well, Belgian beers have a lot more, a lot more funk to them. Yeah, they can really work it. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind going to the store and picking out a random bottle of wine, but I've never found something I liked from doing that yet. The problem, well, you're not going to, there's so many. Uh, the problem with that is if I go to a store and ask for a German Riesling, they're going to have only certain things. First, they're going to have like Dr. L or something. And Dr. L is a standard semi-sweet, you know, it's not a dry Riesling like this. Uh, it's just a, it's a quality Riesling, but it's not, it's everywhere. If I want something nicer, it's going to be ridiculously expensive just to get like a 30 or $40 bottle. I'm not going to buy of, you know, like Fritz Hogg or some big time producer, uh, that they'll have possibly on a shelf. And even then they generally won't have that, or it'll be some, some crappy one that was just a wholesale giant production of something that's not special that they pick up to sell for a higher markup. Cause you, it's America. They don't make it here. So otherwise, you have to go with someone who actually carries that in their catalog and get it into stores because they deal with that vendor, but they don't carry it. It's a big production. Don't don't you know? Don't we've gotten off topic too, too long here. So I like German Riesling and Austrian uh, wines and things like that. But anyway, so question we weren't asked, but we're going to answer anyway is our last segment here, and this one's for Eric's or uh, the funk uh, the pun danger. Sorry. Bring it. I have it here. I thought I did have it, and then I closed it for something. Oh, apparently not. I'm not important enough. So <laughs> no, you're not. Okay, I'll just leave then. Okay, so there's been a thing in the Discord recently about prior chemistry three o three seven. So they've been making like three posts a day since the free campaign, or right around it. And they have just been absolute dog shit posts about well, it's different jobs every time. One was on Warrior. Why is my damage so low? Was the post. Another one was on I got a 10 million item. Please, can someone, I know pulse weapons go for 15, but can someone please sell me a pulse for 10? And just other things like this. So, question we weren't asked, but we're going to answer anyway from Chemistry 3037 is a Puppet Master question. And it reads as follows. I've heard that I need to be 1,200 JP to play this job. Is this true? Also, which automaton build works best or works well with zero job points, laughing face? I really like this job, and I really want Archery Pet to work. It does so much damage, it's ridiculous. I I pretty much have, like, 90% of all the parts and automatons. Totally ridiculous. (laughs) He doesn't even have... So you get all the puppets uh, by level 30, 40, uh, and all the heads by like 50. So if you're counting heads, that's 50, but you get the first frames 10, 20, and 30. That's all the frames. So if you've reached level 30, you should have more than 90% of all automatons. Well, maybe he didn't uh, read the requirements. Who knows? Maybe he got sad when he was trying to figure out how to get the 100%. 
it's possible he's too busy reading posts to read uh, about quests. Well, obviously he's not worried about his damage being so low on Warrior because his archery pet to work does so much damage. So much. But to answer the question, no, 1200 JP is not necessary. But uh, at least the 100 is pretty nice to have some flexibility with attachments. But it's also not absolutely necessary, but it does help a lot, especially if you're a fledgling Puppet Master tank. I think having gear is the biggest problem for that, and at least having 100 is the biggest bump in my opinion. 1200 is nice, and I would think 1200 would be most important for a nuking pet if you're using Spirit Reaver. I think the 1200 there matters more than a DD pet in my opinion, but I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, with Spirit Reaver you definitely want the 1200 just because automatons uh, really have a lot of magic accuracy problems and it really helps to have that extra capacity to load up on tranquilizers and stuff and all the amplifiers and so forth. Um, but as far as like DD pets, like uh, physical DD pets go and tanking goes, you're absolutely fine with 100 or even 0 JP uh, as long as you have the gear for it. And uh, if you know what you're doing, more or less. If you're like me, you don't know what you're doing, but you have an idea and you get all the job points first. And then, you know, when you get mastered, then you go, man, maybe I should have some of this Rao gear for what I'm having in my puppet like things. Or maybe I should get Teon augments. And you just kind of do it backwards like I do. Well, if you're already mastered, uh, you should definitely get your Relic Hands plus two so you can dispel stuff. I was going to say, they're also giving away lots of Matt's concoctions and Matt's mixes with all these new missions and shit. What are those Matt's concoctions? It gives 50 job points by using it. Oh, yeah, those, okay. Yeah. And these yeah, well, heroism. It takes like a year or two to actually get. But uh, just to clarify, I was making a joke about something that Pocket uh, experienced the other day. Uh, Puppet Master Relic Hands do not, in fact, allow you to dispel. Yeah, what was, I was confused because as soon as you said that, I stopped to think while you were talking because the Relic Hands, they, they're pet subtle blow in haste, right? And weapon skill damage, yes. Oh, uh, okay. And I was I was just making a random joke. Because at, at first the AF hands popped in my mind for the extra maneuver plus, but even that's nothing to do. Nothing. No, no part of any pup's gear has to do with the spell. It's not like Paladin's relic hands we're talking about, right? It was an insider joke, man. I'm not in on the joke. I know. That's why I'm the host for now. Anyway, um, what was the other part of the question? Uh, uh, also, which automaton build works best with zero job points, Last Face? Well, same as the ones that work best with 1200. You just <laughs> have to, uh, well, um, remove some of the more expensive attachments to make it work, but it can still perform relatively well. Okay, so let's turn this horrible post from a ship poster, prior chemistry here, into something positive. If I'm a newer Puppet Master and I'm looking at Tension Springs or Magna Plugs for my frames, let's say I'm using the Archery Pet to work, uh, what would you go with first if you had a limited elemental capacity because you have zero job points and you're deciding between Tension Springs, a Tuner, which, yeah, a Tuner. So we'll just say a Tuner's on already. We'll make it simple. Deciding between Tension Springs and Magna Plugs. Which would you choose, Eric's? Almost always magnet plugs because you can get beast roll or head attack from grape dive coup. This is a new player. They got no beast roll going here. Well, and still, you can uh, more easily compensate for the lack of attack than uh, 
compensate for the lack of um, base damage, which the Magnaflux provide. So it's usually a better boost. But um, the Tuner is definitely the most important one next to the Flame Holder, which should uh, give you the biggest damage boosts to start with. Yeah, so at a base level here, um, damage is just base damage times PDIF. So PDIF is going to be your attack there, and base damage is your base multiplier there. So increasing your base damage is going to be the first part of getting a higher multiplier there. The attack can come in other places, but you can, there's nothing else on pop that increases base damage. And it also works for shots, so... Yeah, well, the tuner, just, the tuner alone is already pretty powerful, so it, it'll carry a lot, and then the magnet plugs will be very potent to work alongside that. And for those who don't play pup, the attuner is essentially a built-in geo frailty for the puppet. It ignores defense of a certain percentage. Yep. So that alone, against... yeah, that alone should make sure you're not at a negative PDF, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's weaker against uh, notorious monsters, but uh, if you're still getting capacity points on apex monsters or whatever, then it's going to be very potent. It's like uh, fifteen. Per percent with just one fire maneuver and it's also boosted by uh, optic fibers so and uh, um and if you're able to double up on fire maneuvers then it's going to be really potent you won't really notice the lack of tension springs i find i don't get fine. to double up on it because i have to run fire light wind so i can cap with turbochargers optic fiber the uh, pet haste and then you know fire for everything else yeah, typically, if you can, if you're able to, you can double up on fire with one wind maneuver, which won't uh, cap your haste, but the automaton usually TPs fast enough to make up for it and still perform well. Since uh, if you're solo CPing, then you definitely want to skill chain with your automaton, and as long as it can still close your weapon skills in time, then you don't really need that extra haste. Also, something I forgot to mention: why you definitely you. Don't really need tension springs is because um, one of the best weapon skills of the sharp shot body um armor shatterer it has a built-in plus 100 attack uh, 150 attack bonus so it, it'll very easily cap attack on its own without much uh, additional help i thought armor piercer ignores defense and armor shatterer puts defense down on yeah armor shatterer has a defense down but it also has an innate attack bonus oh that's right was it like 100 percent I think it was 150%, but I shall check real quick to confirm. Which is why, besides putting defense down on, if you're a new player, it's super nice. And on for We've been doing Odyssey lately. Uh, lately. We've been doing Odyssey for fucking months. But um, I've been on Pup. We're doing now as a group. It's a shame Fox isn't here. We're doing now as a group. We're trying to do Arabati, Kalunga, and then a Tier 1, which has been Gogmagog, because we're like 17 out of 20 before we cap uh, Quish to Badar. And I've been taking Pup to that because I've already used uh, my other jobs like Rune and Trigoon to do stuff. And I end up tanking, but with the Tier 1, it's not too hard. So instead of using the... Um, why am I blanking on the frame? Scissor hands. Instead of using Valor Edge, yeah, Valor Edge frame, uh, I use Sharp Shot frame because I can apply some defense down. And by the third round there, we don't have jobs to apply defense down. And the puppet's living fine, so yeah. At, um, so armor shatter is a plus one hundred twenty-five percent. So right in the middle of what we were guessing. 
Yeah, that's really nice though because Howling Fist, for example, is fifty percent. So yeah, it's really potent. It'll almost always cap most stuff. Yeah, so, um, so, so you're better always better off with uh, magma plugs. Everyone knows Archaeoballista from the screenshots of watching Pups Overdrive is super good. But if you're not, if you're a new player in an average situation, or you're fighting Gogmagog without any buffs and stuff, having Armor Shatterer to one deploy defense down, but two also to get that nice attack bonus will pretty much in the I want to say the vast majority of new player situations. So if you're not getting frailty in the mob or overdriving, uh, you're gonna want to use that um, armor shatterer. Yeah, even the lack of beast roll usually means that armor shatterer will, will perform better than arcubilista. So also you really have to optimize for arcu. Um, so most of the time you're always better off just running uh, light wind fire and going for the, those defense down armor shatterers, which help, will help the rest of your party as well. We're just lucky armor piercer isn't a thing anymore, besides skill chains, which wouldn't matter anyway, because if you have the you know the speed loader on, it would take care of it. But we're lucky it's not armor piercer, because a dark maneuver, and a dark maneuver would be absolute ass on a puppet yeah. friend DD. It's really awkward. I do ho- hope, though, that one day we'll get um, new automaton skill, uh, weapon skills, because we haven't seen any since Wings of the Goddess, I believe. And having uh, like light or darkness properties on them would be rather nice. Yeah, I think it's about time. time. But it would be difficult because uh, they would conflict with uh, maneuvers. And uh, right now, the the maneuvers are relatively nicely balanced. Dark maneuver on piercers says otherwise, though, right? Yeah. Well, you don't really care about piercer most of the time. But uh, like wind maneuver triggers shatterer, which you usually want. Um, light cr- uh, triggers Bone Crusher, which is also the best one for Valorage most of the time. So it's uh, that Cannibal you... Blade, man. Cannibal Blade has its uses, but I have not run yeah. into a situation where I like would want to use unless I'm using uh, the dispel part, which is dark. Uh, I haven't found a time when I'd want to use Cannibal Blade since like the the seventy five cap. It was great, but is there a, where have you run into wanting to use it? Um, were a few fights. I mean, this was a couple of years ago when I was still undergeared, but uh, Cannibal Blade helped um, keep the automaton alive when repair was down and was taking a lot of damage. So um, it was a kind of a backup heal. You do have to uh, double up on the dark maneuvers, though, if you're running a light. So it, oh, because uh, the Bone Crusher's higher priority. Yeah, yeah that, that really sucks. That's really actually not balanced. They should really change uh, Cannibal Blade to be a different maneuver then. I mean, if they if they give us something new that's um, even better and doesn't conflict with like um, it's like some like for example, if the Valor Edge got a higher tier weapon skill that is triggered by fire or perhaps even wind, then it would work pretty uh, pretty nicely for like a DD um, warrior automaton, and likewise with the um, Sharp shot automaton. If something got triggered by, let's say, um, I don't know, light, perhaps, then it might work out nicely. But at, at, as at the moment, if they added newer weapon skills that conflicted with the current maneuvers, then it would be really awkward to overdrive, for example. Uh, so it's I, I kind of understand why they haven't added any new weapon skills. It's maybe it would be better just to adjust the current ones. It'd probably be better just to adjust the job in general because there's a few ways it needs to be rounded out. But otherwise, mythic weapons. Wow. Was that like the topic of this episode or something? Yes, I can't yes. Remember. As much as I really, I get enthralled with the pup shit, which is why I've been enjoying the job so much. 
Hey, and me too. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> yeah, I know nothing about pop, so I was not. Yeah, I, I, I knew, but I was just going down that hole I had to go down because it's pop. Like every episode I'm in. I did have a question about that, though. Yeah. From someone who does not know anything about pup, would it be beneficial to get all the attachments before starting the job? No. I mean, not all of them, but uh, like if you if you want uh, good performance from the start, like even at lower levels, it's nice to have like the big ones, like a tuner, turbochargers, optic fibers. It really makes a difference. Yeah. Because you can even use the eye level ones at level at level one, so you have all that power at your disposal. And you don't even need trust at ED at that point. Pup was pretty broken at level one, at level seventy-five because of the um, the shock absorber, the stone skin attachment. Uh, and now you have shock absorber three from the start. So I mean, yeah, but nobody really uses it. It's yeah, it only has a use at low levels. But honestly, as much as I say, Blue Mage is the best job in my opinion for people who want to experience the game as a new player or returning player and go through the missions and all this and that and have the capabilities and get themselves some stuff done you know to build their character up before they start teaming up or anything as much as i say that if i was a new player i would personally want to run through the story as pup because i'm in a situation where i know enough that pup would be the most fun because as a low level player even with trust just being a pup just for some reason feels a lot more fun that's like having a bigger party it's a bigger party i mean um, the automaton is basically another party member and it just feels nice having more company, you know? doesn't feel as lonely. Back at 75, I mean, you could get your adventuring fellow out, and you were like half a party, three people. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I did back then. Oh my god, I'm so lonely. You know, if Essie ever fixed adventuring fellows, that'd be that'd be something. That's probably something it for be, It would be nice if there were, like, a customizable trust that actually was able to keep up with them or even outperform them with yeah. a specific if they changed it into like a, a like if they just rebranded the automaton uh attachment kind of window into its own window which it probably take more work than it's worth and they probably have trouble to go to the spaghetti code and everything i don't know they probably never ever in touch it but if they just changed it into like um monstrosity had that system where you could put on certain things and change the way your 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 it was like being a puppet but you're a monster and you had different attachments of, uh, I forget what they were called. What were they called, Funk? I'm not too sure either. They were like egos or something, right? Oh, yeah. like, the, the, like the different jobs. F, I think. So they had like soothing healer and... Well, no, I'm talking about when you're like in monstrosity, you get to put like egos, like elven instincts. Oh, instincts. You get to oh, put instincts. In, yeah, yeah, instincts. That's right. I was going to say elven instinct. You get to put instincts on and they would change like your, your power, but instead they could take that same system and just perhaps provide some instincts. But I mean, just change... Uh, what you're set your trust to do and like actually get stuff to customize it i mean the current system with the adventuring fellow where you just tell them certain stuff to customize them would still be enough if, you, if they expanded on that and actually gave the fellow enough power to compete with trusts yeah and actually added them the, to the party list instead of having them separate which is what makes uh, buffing awkward and healing and i didn't mean trust i'm an adventuring fellow but yeah um yeah, I get, I get too excited with the possibilities of playing with my adventuring fellow as like a puppet. That'd be too exciting. I mean, anything they do to uh, the fellows would be nice at this point, but uh, it'd, they... it'd be it'd be good content because you have to go through limit breaks on your fellows. For anyone who doesn't have an adventuring fellow, you had to go through when the cap was come to ninety nine. You had to go and do these quests where you call out your fellow and you go and break your cap by fighting a certain number of things. Like it would actually be content 
that no one does because no one cares about an adventuring fellow that you would actually have a reason to go around randomly fighting things and it would just give you something to do that i don't think would be a bad thing in this case it didn't take too long either it also was like mixed in with the magician uh trials of the magians so it's kind of interesting yeah you have to trade like that necklace thing every time and go yeah. kill a certain number with your trust out and not your trust. I keep calling it a trust. Your adventuring fellow out and, and go trade back to was it uh I forget her name. She was a myth. It was like Prish or Plia Adin, whatever her name was. She's an upper Juno. Yeah, because those adventuring fellows were around before trust. People were like, well, what the, the adventuring fellows can disengage. Why can't trust disengage? It looks so stupid. You know what was really cool at 75 was if you did enough Adventuring Fellow stuff, you definitely needed them because you wouldn't, if you were like dueling with someone, say you're getting a testimony in the top of Castle Oostroja as two random average 75 players. Yeah, the Adventuring Fellow would be crucial if you're two DD jobs and no healer. But there was a special thing where if you did enough quests and had enough bond with your Adventuring Fellow and they were like in red HP, it would do some special move where it, it wouldn't make them invincible, but it would like, it would be like a, it would be like enough in those days to change the tide of battle from losing to now you're gonna win. I forgot to like we do like a nostalgia thing with adventuring fellows, but yeah, what was it? Blessed radiance, I believe. Yeah, and, blessed uh, blessed radiance was the thing from it. Something something about gloom, or was maybe that was just the story equivalent? I think there was something related to that, but yeah, we would do it would do blessed radiance. It was like a one hour cooldown. Yeah, yeah. Remember, the cat. Remember when we had an episode topic? Yes, we did. We got to get into mythics and <laughs> mythics. The cat's food is okay, there. You go. The cat's food is dropped. Are they okay? Yeah, it's on a timer, so I just didn't oh, look at the time to explain. And they meow like crazy when it happens. No, they were sleeping, and then the food drops, and they wake up like a bunch oh, of bombs. Okay. So, mythic weapons is the topic we are now going to get into. Well, so, the mythic should... weapons came out in two thousand eight. That was what, uh, thirteen years ago already. That's crazy. Wow. Time flies. I remember reading when they were coming out. It was on Alakazam or something. I read the news because people still use that site when it mattered back then. I used that site. Yeah, that's how I got my sky done. (laughs) (laughs) Did I tell you about the story about that? I don't think I ever did. No, go on. Might as well before we get started. Tell a story. So my buddy Techie was his name. We're on Sylph. We put together this alliance of all noobs to go through the the whole Zillart story in the same day. I remember those. Those were fun shouts. Yeah, like we had a whole alliance. So we started in the morning, crack house of dawn, and we went through everything. We basically, at the end of it, we had like maybe three of us left. We did every single mission. People died in the cauldron and in quicksand caves and just home point and gave up. <laughs> but three of us persevered. At the end of the night, it must have been like 1 or 2 a.m. We got to sky. Wow. It was insane. I remember doing those shells for like uh, uh, the ZM5 the tablets one where you got to walk around and that would take hours and people each you would yell for a long time people come and you would lose people halfway through yeah and pick up some more people if you got lucky yeah we didn't pick anybody else up we just basically went with the same group i mean it's our deal to get the sky back then you know it was and i remember getting the sky for the first time and you warp up the little tower thing there in uh uh what is the tower of the gods what is the thing between sky hall of and, God. yeah hall of the gods that's right all the trans- transference, I think. Yeah, all the transference. And you're running around, the floor is changing colors with your footprints, and it's like, hee, 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 the floor is changing. He, yeah. he just run around in circles when you get there, because there's nothing in the game besides maybe C that's like that before that. And I got the sky before C, I think? Maybe? I don't know. There are some badass videos of doing that little transfer thing up on YouTube. 
I mean, I know it's not a nostalgia episode, but speaking of Sky, back in the day when you had no um, like home point warps or the uh, the conflux thingies, the the waypoints, we had no waypoints to even get around. Uh, having the chips that you go buy from the goblins in the the, the promies and hoping oh, yeah, the chip. Yeah, just to get the sky so much faster because uh, the outpost you didn't like have. All Those the time. damn things would break all the time on me. Yeah, they'd break go and it'd be like, like twenty twenty something k. I think yeah. they had that for like like three or four years later, didn't they? Yes, I'm not a launch. Everyone player, always okay. wondered what they're for, you know, up up by the Kieran entrance. Or how about how long it took to get to Kieran? Oh, Clip you have to keep them. running to the. You make sure everyone's on an odd time on the clock when you. It took me an hour and a half to get there one time of tries. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's still the same way today. Didn't they change it to a hundred percent? Oh, is it? I thought it. I'm pretty was... sure it's hundred percent now. Okay, I didn't know that. Like, there's no reason to have it in the first place. It's a typical SE fuck you old MMO kind of thing, and it's it's what made us the players we are today. The trauma. The Tanaka thing. The trauma. So, all lore was given to us in a neat package on BG's The Myriad Arms of Balrin page, which we can click on each weapon for its lore background. It was a real octopus. Explain that. So many arms. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I don't know where you're going with that. You know, pre-show, we talked about how Eric just wants us to groan for him, and that that raises some serious questions, but he's he's certainly making it happen here. Yeah, if you can... Thank you, thank you. If you compare the lore to the relic weapons, it basically was the storyline of Dynamis or whatever, but this time they just told us what happened, pretty much. And I'm pretty sure that the whole name Treasure of Argon refers to the mythics. Well, at least they had that idea in mind when they made the last good expansion. Didn't the mythic uh, quest eventually say that the adventure was the real treasure or something? The adventure. Well, maybe. Some people I'm not too sure about. And I kid when I say the last good expansion. It was probably the last full-fledged, solid, soup-to-nuts expansion where they covered just a vast array of content and things in a matter that, you know, the game has never seen since. So Salvage 1.0 was the shit before they started studying boxes. Even Salvage 2.0 in a in the, the game is dying era at 99 cap, non-eye level, Salvage 2 even was a big kind of cool thing. And no, I wasn't too into it. I liked it a lot better because you didn't have the cells. Just having the key items. If they had changed the first one to key items, it'd be so much better even to this day. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I yeah. love the cells. You couldn't enter without throwing them all away. That was so annoying. Oh, yeah. Storage, guys. Be right back. Sorry, guys. You couldn't enter because someone had it. It would prevent you. And you'd say, oh, who has their, their cells still? Drop them. And they'd be AFK. This was definitely the prime of 11, but um, I find. Adeline is a pretty awesome experience with, uh, with regard to quests and side stories and stuff like that. If you, I agree. Uh, joined in to the well, experiences after the fact, like past the Delve era and stuff, which is when I came back to the game. Like just doing all the side quests to unlock the epilogues for the main story with uh, Arcella and Ineos, uh It was just very enjoyable. Oh, I agree. And the quests are still enjoyable. The problem is, in 2013, when that came out, it was absolutely a blast. It felt like being in TOAU all over again. The content was hard and challenging. Everyone was clueless and struggling. And people were, like, fighting stuff the hard way. Like, imagine going and fighting the Wamora there, the Tier 5 outside of Delve, 
just because you want to try and get the drop that you have a whole alliance of people you shouted for and no one really knows what to do because it's only been out for like two days and no one's read anything and no one cares and everyone's just wailing away for like two damage on a Wamora for like 15 minutes <laughs> and just stuff like that. It felt like TOAU all over again and skirmish and everyone's like, oh my God, what is this skirmish thing? And it was just, it was, it was the most full-fledged out content we've gotten since and you can experience it now in let alone in let alone 2013 but like 2016 you couldn't experience it 20 you know 2021 now you could not experience it in 2027 you won't be able to experience it either but it it was really if you were able to experience that at that point it was really kind of cool it's it's the yeah. stuff that the 75 servers are made of rebottled and recaptured they actually did it once more in my opinion but yeah i was actually there during the launch of adeline and uh, experienced some of delve but I was at a point where I didn't really enjoy that kind of content, so it made me quit again. But um, I wish I'd stick, st stuck around longer because in hindsight, it was uh, like really, I don't know, uh, just refreshed the game in some way to, to really give it another um, second prime, basically. And There's we no other expansion between that and uh, Treasures. And we need that again because when Adeline came out at the lower eye level and not being eye level trying to get around at 99 or eye level 107 or something like that in these areas it was a challenge again and you were scared to get aggro because if you got enough aggro you probably would die if you couldn't sleep or manage or whatever because you're such a low level low eye level and the gear wasn't as strong just to explore these unknown areas and to be lost in uh yorcia wield and stuff was something you hadn't experienced since like being lost in in cadaver mire or something so I mean, we got to get back to mythics, but just the idea of how cool it was to explore unseen areas in the game again and to be afraid of the aggro around you and to like have to use sneak and invisible and stuff like that was, was nice. One thing I wanted to add about mythics and eye level, the one thing I did not like them doing was introducing eye level without introducing plutons, boulders, and butetsu because mythics and all the Rima stayed at 99 for quite a while. A lot so of people quit over that. A lot of people quit yep. over that. It was horrible. I wish they would have introduced the high tier battlefields at the same time. They didn't want to get rid of uh, Rima back then, but as we all know, wasn't really popular. It took like three or six months, something like that, for them to actually introduce high tier battlefields. I and remember post saying, "Don't throw away your mythics yet." Yeah, they made that post. Don't throw away your mythics. Uh, was that Matsui? Yeah, uh, that was when he was brand new, right? Or yeah, newer. yeah, yeah. I remember many an angry phone call from Murr. Back when we talked, uh, many an angry call about, oh, I'm going to quit the game because, you know, I worked all in all these mythics. He had like all these mythics level 75, so they weren't even 99. So, but his turp and stuff, he was super proud of because it's Mer. And, you know, I, uh, I worked in all these weapons. This sucks. They did this to people. They really screwed everyone. I'm going to quit. And that was Mer, but it was also many players at the time. There was a lot of outcry about that. And my response to him at the time was, what does it matter? You know, and I immediately go to, I worked and farmed for weeks to get a Blood Ulch, and I loved my Blood Ulch, and it was my pride and joy on my Thief, and I used it for years, and now I can't use it anymore, it's worth nothing, and I still enjoy the game, why can't you? So that was basically my, my, my sobering, and he'd be like, yeah, you're right, but I'm still upset. You know, it's a thing to him, so...
So do we want to get into how Mythics became, or do I get lore first? Uh, whatever you find appropriate, because I'm looking at, uh, I wrote this on the 2008 entry about Mythics, but it's pretty summed up. Oh, so everyone funks back, so that means the return of The Outline. And this it is, is it's an no, essay, no, an essay this line. This is a script. A script line. Uh, I haven't followed the script yet, so I'm not doing pretty well. Well, we did have an outline, but we kind of stepped out of line. <laughs> it happens all the time, though. I walk the line. That's what's called not line in a guide. Anyways, oh. at first implementation, Alexandre required was uh, 50,000 for each mythic instead of 30,000 it was today. Back in 2008. In 2008. The height of the recession, and they want all this extra Alexandre. This is terrible. It's like, it's like, it's like a prime Tanaka thing to do, you know. 50,000 is ridiculous, especially because there was no 100 pieces. There was no pouches. All it was was single drops from salvage. Well, you know, Funk, when you say Tanaka, that reminds me last episode, which you've listened to. I mentioned how I want to get you for your commentary on the Tanaka Matsui uh, number two released We Are Von Deal kind of thing they did. So, do you got time for a rabbit, rabbit hole? hole? Yeah, so I didn't even really watch it because it's Tanaka. And everyone's always had this idea of Tanaka being like this, this hardlining, unfair, make it grindy kind of guy. So, did anything interesting happen in that uh, discussion there? I'm sure it wasn't very long, but... I mean, nothing really to write home about. We okay. pretty much knew everything already as it was. It's kind of interesting to see how they played EverQuest, and they had, like, a Link Shell together. Wow. Not Link Shell, Guild, I guess you could call it. Back in the day. So, Tanaka and Matsui were EverQuest players together, or...? Like, a bunch of the big, big wigs that I see back then, or Square, as it was called. Oh, yeah. like Squaresoft, the good company. Yeah, Squaresoft. And they made all their players play EverQuest, and they, they made them play WoW to figure out how the game should be developed and the which way it should go. It's no coincidence like- that 10 and 11 were the last Squaresoft you know, developments that you know are a big notable entry that I can think of, and uh, everything since. Mm-hmm. But go ahead, Eric. I feel like they took the name EverQuest too literally in their creation of 11. <laughs> everything took forever to quest. But yeah, that was good. Okay, so nothing special there with Tanaka. Just reminiscing about playing EverQuest and stuff we already know. Anything notably yeah. we knew, but I think the little bits and pieces in their little history, the quasi history I call it, are more interesting than the interview so far. Well, yeah, that's cool be. to see him again. But we all know he got canned for Final Fantasy fourteen one point. I thought he didn't he say he was in a typical Japanese fashion of "I'm sick, I must step down," not "I'm being fired." Yeah, he's saying he's leaving because of health reasons and he can't be producer on two games, this and that. Okay, so I can't handle two games at once. I have health problems. Uh, they're not firing me. See you guys. Yeah, pretty much. Do we know if he really was and or is that we just everyone speculates that he was and everyone's assuming? I don't want to. Well, he went I mean, straight to gung ho entertainment. I mean, come on. I don't want to hear set. Well, I don't if wanna... he was going to retire, he'd go out and not work again, you know? Well, well yeah. A month or two later, Japanese, he went to gung ho. The Japanese company culture, they don't really fire people they just reassign them to useless positions and wait for them to quit so if that happened to him then uh he basically uh, volunteered to retire yeah america has a very japanese police force so (laughs) the uncompleted versions of the weapons were the only portions added at this point correct yeah so it's like after you get finish your thing basically you get the statless weapon is what it was of course, no one would get there during the first patch. So they, no one, nobody knew the finished actual products of the weapons. We yeah. didn't really have data mining in our current capacity 
back then, did we? No, um, they did. We did. Pole utilities oh. was a thing. We just didn't have the automation like we have now. But yeah, so used to be budget. used to be big Zam threads about data mining that would take a long time to come out versus the BG stuff we got familiar with and then comfortable with. And then I think we only did it on BG. Even to this day, it's still it used to be BG threads, but Funk stopped making them, and now they just auction house threads. But it's still done on BG the data mining. I think the Zam yeah. players went to BG is what happened. Correct. Mm. I pretty much yeah, after they opened it up and they weren't so. Like all animosity towards noobs, they basically accepted them. So then that it went from Alakazam to BG into Auction House and never really went anywhere else. Every movement needs new people and inclusiveness and fresh blood if it wants to survive, which is why BG has not survived. But at the time, that was the best move they could have done. And I don't know who would have been against that, but I'm glad they're gone now. I mean, for a period of time there, it was invite only as well. Yeah, that and was... if the person you invited fucked up, you fuck, you got banned too. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be very hardcore. I remember you mentioning that with the BG episode many moons ago, episode four was? The one we had to record twice. Yeah, I came from the pre-show. How many times I got to live through this? Well, it's never a quest. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, um, all we got were the, the incompleted relics. It's basically the first stage you get in the game today when you complete your mythic, or not relic, a mythic. This is like the suicide squad of uh of collaborations of hosts here. But you did get your damage and delay. So people were thinking that all their other stats were hidden hidden effects. But we don't have any hidden effects these days anymore, do we? Um not really. I think there's a couple newer items that just were the, weird hidden effects. Just the uh, what we call damage bonus, isn't it? Well the one that's off from the augment. Until they fix the crepsicular earring, or as you have in the um the thread the the what is it the translations issues thread the localization thread i think you have crap sucular in there yeah so when, a, they, when they fix the crap sucular earring to have ranged accuracy it won't be a hidden effect anymore so the only hidden effects we have are fuck-ups for translation <laughs> i feel like there's a couple of random hidden effects we can't think of right now I, I i'm pretty sure there's a couple of weird hidden effects that don't come into play to think of well, like back then, though, like the blau dolch and those kind of hidden effects. Oh yeah, about. like the um the piercing the, the piercing hand to hands from Fomina Aqueducts, like forty ish monk pup, which were a big deal back in the day because for piercing damage, were hidden effect piercing stuff like that. Joy used hidden effect piercing. I think vampiric claws were slashing. Yeah, vampiric were the claws. Uh, I think they were piercing, but maybe they were they were not blunt as what they were. So if they were slashing, yeah. and that was. But, but yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Yes. So people were basically con comparing the damage and delay to other weapons, and they're saying, oh, these mythics are trash, there's no reason to do this. Especially as, with the 50,000 Alexandria apartment. As people say about every new thing coming out, and then we find out. Yeah. What was the last thing everyone thought was going to be trash? Hovershot. Hovershot. Everyone's like, this is going to be trash. And now Hovershot is kind of not oh, trash. Then they thought Cryptsecular stuff was going to be trash. Well, they yeah, certain people I can think of were saying oh, they're all not good. Um, but just because they don't make your eyes pop out of your head doesn't mean they're not very useful pieces. I know you got on my case because I said they were underwhelming because they were in line with what I expected from them. I don't think they're <laughs> underwhelming at all. I mean, I like them. They're pretty good. But Earring's I, amazing I and everyone gets it easily. Yeah, they, they just didn't surprise me. I, I mean, I was expecting exactly that from what they implemented. It's nothing. It was merely not surprising. I still, I still like them. They're ex excellent. So but the yeah. BC was a surprise, so I'm like, we're happy we're getting anything, you know? I'm still surprised because nothing fucking drops besides accessories, and there's no, like, proc mechanics or anything we're missing, so I, we've fought 
what is it, maybe 20 of them now, and we've seen nothing besides pebbles and earrings. Not a single thing besides that. On VD? Yeah, on VD with TH every time. Two thieves we've been going with. We got TH14 last time, nothing. No drop. So everyone has an earring and a pebble now, and nothing else has dropped for all the runs we've been doing. We do like two two runs, we do two farms, then we go and do maybe two runs. But we've been doing a lot of runs of Shinryu, and everyone at this point just goes, ready to get no drops, guys. And they don't even want to do it anymore because nothing has dropped. You know what this might be compared to? Farming Shinryu might be called a life sentence. <laughs> An ever quest. Was that for a segue? Yeah. So I wouldn't refer to Mythics at first as a life sentence because of the 50,000 Alexander requirement. When did they change that? Do you know? It was changed in the September update, I believe, the same year. Okay. As so it was from 50,000 to 30,000. It's like three months, you know, that's what they're doing last back then is three month updates. So everyone had started by that point. No one had actually finished, of course. Did anyone yeah, finish? No thousand, Thirty thousand. Nobody has finished. I don't I'm sure they retro they basically like retroactivated it. So if you did finish because there were so many requirements before that, you had to get all the beastman kills and the news of aisle and everything. It was hard back then. Is that your cat? Yeah, he just jumped down. And yeah, I, I remember reading the requirements to people and just the mere fact of me reading these out loud, because people didn't know the requirements because back then people didn't read the forums like they do today. So imagine even lesser an extent of knowledge as we have today, which is a very scary thing. Hard to think and imagine. So I remember reading people as we played on Xbox 360 together in the Xbox 360 chat rooms with the headset that plugged into the Xbox 360 controller, with the Xbox 360 chat pad that sucked ass to type into because you had no keyboard unless you got a USB one, unless your parents loved you. Um, I remember reading the requirements people, and it was just like, after a while, every single person was like, yeah, that's not happening. Like, why would you go through all those requirements to not know your final product, first of all? I think it's a hidden effect. It's very important. Nothing else looks like it. It's an important item. I mean... We could. We, it was pretty reasonable to assume that they would have something good to offer, even if it was all hidden. Just I mean, going by Redlix. it's named a mythical weapon, so it has to be good. I mean, they sure wouldn't have uh, made you go through that for two years or plus, uh, just to get a crap weapon that's barely better than the, um, what, what were they called? Uh, sigil weapons? No, I forgot. What, what are what are the base sigil weapons called again? Um, Virgil weapons? Yeah, Vigil weapons. Vigil weapons, yeah. I'm sure there's a joke in or pun in there somewhere for Vigil, but we'll keep going. So, yeah. what's this chart here that people posted? Do I have to find a picture of this and screenshot of something put in the video at this point? Well, they could read my history of Final Fantasy XI in 2008 and see it. Yeah, but no one reads that stuff, so... Oh, come on. Yeah, the official one is so much better. It's, um, it's my life sentence. I was kind of surprised still to this day that the official one is so close to yours. It really is. Same screenshot. Come on. Yeah. Blew out the names like Japanese people usually maybe do. Should, maybe they should hire you as a Reddit admin. They're, okay. <laughs> Reddit admin. Look, the, the person who runs or is overseeing the Reddit 11 Discord can't even do shit in it besides suck up to SE for props or perks. So uh, outside of that, uh, Funk could be anything he wants to be. You'd already be better than the uh, Reddit XI admin. But this chart basically outlines, so it's hard as hell to get Alexandrite, right? So whenever you went to salvage, you have to go with three other people at minimum. So you get maybe 15 Alexandrite per run if you're lucky, maybe 20. Divide between three to six people. So if you get one piece a day, basically your great-grandchildren can benefit. It'll take you 50,000 days or 137 years to complete your mythic. 
because also assault tags back then cost 2,000 assault points. Rough. And you had to wait a day per assault to go to get your uh, ID tag. Now you can get them in, what, 10 minutes or so? 10 minutes. Yeah. Plus 500 points per uh, salvage inspection or whatever salvage key item. I think it's 1,000? I think it's 500. Is it 500? Yeah, whatever it is. Easy. Either way. But if you get 10 pieces a day, it would take 5,000 days or 14 years. To complete it within one year, you need an average of 137 pieces per day. So that's what, five, six, seven salvage runs per day? So to be lucky to make sure that nobody else on the server is keeping that exonerate from themselves and instead of selling it, you have to buy it from them. It'd be impossible to get enough allies. I think yeah. there was like 30k per piece as well when it first came out. 30k per piece. Yeah, pretty much around that. I think it was a bit more expensive, like 35 at some point. But uh, not only did you have to spend a lot of time farming it, if you were you, like your entire group of probably six people, which is what the norm, would also have to, um, well, five other people would have to miss out just to basically sponsor your mythic. So it was... Reminds me of Relics. Crazy. Yeah, except Relics were more of a, well, pyramid scheme. Yeah, then. they were. I think we've covered before fooling your whole link shell into giving you a, what a G-horn funk. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. That's how it was. Sponsor the run. Get to take all sponsor the Sponsor the runs, yeah. It's so hard to sponsor, man. Who, who had two mil? Wasn't it one mil? It was two. I guess one mil, but... Either way. But if you, if you would have bought all Alexandrite, 50,000 Alexandrite, 30,000 each, it would have cost 1.5 billion gil for one statless of mythic. And that's not like today's gil. Back then, 1.5 billion gil was a lot of gil. Yeah. Inflation has not taken hold like it has today. Like, everyone has that much gil nowadays if they try. No one did back then. Whole link shells didn't. I remember back then having, like, several hundred K, or maybe maybe I have, like, three mil or something, and having three mil was a lot of gil. Like, everyone in the link shell would talk about being broke. Especially when your girlfriend steals the link shell bank. <laughs> Missy Nyanya stole the link shell bank, guys. Sorry, broke up. Yeah, I think the most, uh, the, like the richest player on my server back in the day had maybe 900 million, a billion. And he was like running all sorts of schemes. Like, uh, he was, um, he had all the crafts. He was running, uh, like those gambling thingies, uh, those casinos and stuff like that. He had a hand in everything. And even he wouldn't have been able to afford that. So, yeah. I, I mean, just back in the day as a new player, or not a new player, but someone who had been playing for a few years or a couple of years and not very long, because to play for two years now, you can be a lot more informed and and hip to the current you know, game than back then. You like It took like a year just to get up to 75 sometimes if you picked a job like Pup and no one invited you for six months and stuff like that. Um, just I dreamed of getting Uzukane gear because you know I wasn't in a link shell that would just like give you Uzukane or something, you wouldn't get it. So I'm dreaming of getting that was much more attainable, but out of reach compared to a mythic weapon. Getting your salvage gear is not a dream, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Do those damn frogs for how many runs, not getting one single 35 drop. Morrigan body 35, man. It was Marduk for me. I remember I getting early on, though. I remember spending like 20 million on my ingots. I think I finally got Uzukane feet at like 90 pup. <laughs> And they were still really good at that point, so I still wore them. Yeah, I remember getting Oskana feet at 75 cap on my Puppet Master. And the Samurai, my static, he was furious because he considered a uh, useless job. 
Well, which it wasn't great back then, but it was still very functional and sound. When I chose Puppet well, to be my first seventy-five, didn't even have merit points yet. Yeah, I, I didn't start Puppet Master when it was released, so I guess you were a pup before I was. Congratulations. That's scary. <laughs> it had no merits, no AF. Well, it had AF, but it had no relic, and it had uh, <laughs> it had a C hand-to-hand skill. C minus C. Yeah, and the automaton was squishy as hell. Yes. Some people thought when it was first introduced that Puppet Master was like a, an actual, like a tank job because it could use the automaton to heal the master, like with the uh, puppet self tanking, not the automaton. And yeah, uh, that didn't work out too well, as we all know. Yeah, I remember having to make an evasion set to try and solo Colibri that were like T, maybe very tough if I was being crazy, but tough. Uh, which was hard to do back at 75, just with evasion gear, because Pup still had pretty good evasion. Yeah, but once they started adding more stuff, and especially merit points, and Puppet Master actually became pretty decent. Uh, like the Automaton, the Sharp Shot um, really destroyed um, Greater Calibri at uh, merit points parties. But that's a topic for another time. That's about it. Probably... And- and everyone's listening to the secret Puppet Master episode. This is a Puppet Master episode. Come on. <laughs> this, Every is, time. this is Puppet Master weapons. I can't stop talking about the job. It's, uh, yeah. Can't stop addicted like to the me. blue peas. Indeed. All right, let's move on with the outline. Outline. I say. Well, obviously, Mythic's basically extended life of the expansion pack, kind of like all the other kind of, like, relics extended the life of Dynamis, you know. And it was the longest expansion pack ever, extended. I think. It felt that way. It really was. Uh, well, Wings of the Goddess was pretty long, too. Well, yeah, that's because they didn't work in the game for shit. But in, in terms of prior expansion packs and the quality of the updates and what you had and the quality of the content, it felt like the longest one. Like, Adeline, yeah, I mean, that... Adeline's over. It doesn't even feel like a thing anymore. But TOEU still felt like a thing, even with Wings of the Goddess out. I mean, uh, you had so much more content and treasures than you did in Chains of Promethea, for example, even though Promethea didn't even add any jobs. But you had, uh, like, Assault, you had Salvage, you had Nizel. Yeah, besieged. The amount of running around that zone because you couldn't move faster and you couldn't take a chocobo places and mounts places, the amount of running around TOAU compared to COAP, I mean, just felt like you were running forever through the TOAU expansion pack. Even Mm. I heard Jar was nice when they added Odin with the E-bodies in there. That was amazing. E-body was still the best all the way until, what, 90-something? I mean... Like 90-cap or so, yeah. Yeah. That's a long... That was like 10 years. It's a long-ass time, and Raja's Ring even lived past that. Raja's Ring was like 12 years. I remember for Raja's Ring, they said they were supposed to change it to like 30 to level 99 to give you more stats. But I don't think they When did it. they say that? Because we talked about, a while that, ago. talked about in the past about how they should really make 99-level Raja's, Tamas, and Sattva Ring. It was like right when Abyssia was out, so it was in that era, like 2011 or so. People were like, oh, what about my previous mission rewards? You know, instead of reporting fucking bug reports that aren't bug reports because you're a butthurt ass guy who doesn't like someone uh you should probably report how we should really have the cop rings made to 99 and maybe make some quests or something behind it because that would be really good i mean they would really hold up if they just extended uh some of the bonuses to plus 10 like strength and dex plus 10 on the rajas yeah because it'd be store tp 10 dex 10 strength 10 and that'd be an amazing ring That'd be I mean, broken. Should... No, they'd be a little broken. Though, it would not it? be broken because you have already store TP six and no strength or anything on the um, Shirich ring, and you already have the Regal ring with attack and strength and dex and other stat mods and accuracy and stuff. So it wouldn't be broken at all. 
I don't think they would increase the store TP, honestly, but they might uh, at least add some other uh, attributes, maybe even double attack. They would... Something else would happen. That paired with uh, strength and dexterity plus seven would make the ring really solid. Because what's the metamorph ring R15 now? Is it like 15 mind and int? So what's the sense? If you made 15 int and mind and enmity minus ring on Thomas ring, it wouldn't be worth shit still. So, I mean, it'd still be, you'd I mean, use it, but it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be as, as special as it was at 75 or level yeah, 30. Yeah, it would definitely need more. I mean, you can keep well, the rings exactly as they are. Just make all the stats 15 or 20. 20 would be fine. 20, uh... It would have a store TP5 and 20 strength decks. That wouldn't be ridiculous. That, you would use it for a I long time. I would consider it rather ridiculous, but I would also welcome it. I mean, if it was 15, would it be that ridiculous? You're already hitting that already with int rings. I mean... Yeah, well, int rings, but not necessarily strength rings. You have to make it a, an item that you have to choose between other jobs if you want melee, mage, or tank ring. It has to be good enough that it exceeds other items, but you have to pick the item that matters most to you. That was the whole point of that. So it's not broken to make something stronger it's like the the adeline rings a lot of them are really good but you can only pick one the pet ring is absolutely awesome and a lot of rings haven't held their value um like the cop rings did but you have to pick that pet ring and i still will never have that pet ring because i need the movement speed for my sets and it just works better i mean if the if the upgraded rings came from really good quests or difficult quests then yeah then those stats would definitely be like worth it and... yeah i could definitely see that i could see them doing a new cop pro like uh ending epilogue kind of thing and making your ring upgraded just like the ignis directive we got to get out of this rabbit hole but one last thing i'll say how about this a master trial to upgrade your cop ring i don't think most most people would probably never complete that exactly they'd be yelling to buy it but make it something difficult because now even with evasion bonuses and stuff that people are pulling out even black and white super easy for a rune to go in an evasion tank so I mean, Master Trail 4 wasn't that hard once people figured out you could sleep uh, the ads. The hardest is still um, the Ultima Omega. But anyway, back to the mythic weapons, because, you know, we could talk rabbit for holes. Seven, 17 hours. We keep falling. These are really good rabbit holes, and I really, 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 really like them, but we just can't, because the Relic Weapon one was like three and a half, almost four hours, and we can't do that this time. We haven't gotten to the weapons yet, so we really got to move. <laughs> okay. Are you sure? Well, anyways... After the weapons were released, the next update, which was September, I believe, they lowered the requirement from 50,000 to 30,000. And they still were no 100 piece. So they didn't have the pouches yet. Oh, there were no linen but purses? I, I don't think they were yet. So only the Alexander dropped off of gears. That's it. And no one killed gears for the most part, except for if it was an objective in these runs. Yeah, they were kind of hard back then too. They hit Trella. Uh, those um, TP moves hit pretty hard. And they they were they have higher attack, if I recall. The triple gears especially have higher attack. And oh yeah, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. They hit you pretty hard. So an AOE could wipe you if you didn't have all your equipment unlocked. So they basically but, said on the official website at this point that the drop distribution was as intended, but players were hoarding them, so there's no nothing in the circulation to buy. Oh, Wessie, as intended. The, the nightmare phrase of this whole fucking game. So after the next update, they introduced or they basically eased the difficulty of Nizu Isle. Because as we mentioned, the requirements to even start the mythic Alexandric gathering were even more difficult. And so when you went to level 499 and Floyd 100 in Nizu Isle, you, some people even warped out before the fight because you didn't want to risk killing the NM because everybody's data was wiped. So we had to start all the way over from the beginning. So they changed this so that your data was not wiped. 
And what's funny about that um, is wiping your data for doing that came back into play when they made Neonizal Isle and you had the stopper didn't exist yet to get to 100. So it's not the same thing, but in the same concept of SE being SE, losing your data at 100, which for those who didn't do Nizal Isle climbs back in the day, getting the 4100, you'd be lucky in a tag. You'd save your tags up for three days. So you would do maybe, if you were really hardcore, do six runs a week, two different times a week or something. Um, which, you know, takes time and effort. So you'd be lucky if in a tag you'd get to a new floor to save at after doing five floors. So, you know, getting 25 or 20 runs there to get to 100, it takes quite a long time to do that. So to have your data wiped at 100 was was quite a, a thing to happen. And in the same vein, it was hard to get to 100 in Nizal Isle when it was new, the Neo Nizal Isle, and they didn't have a stopper at that point. So in the same SE sort of logic, you could go past from 99 and go back to 1 and get nothing for your entire run there. Not that tags were a problem at that point, but still. But you had to basically pick, okay, I need Zool today, or are we doing salvage runs today? And, to, the, for and the drops are really good because you can just get a drop that was kind of, you, you might not see it for several runs, but people would farm the Ascar gear and, and that kind of stuff. Because uh, it was really good outside of um, salvage gear. So people wanted to farm this stuff in general. So you're more likely to get that gear than salvage gear. So uh, September update comes around. The next thing that people are saying is instead of a life sentence, it's just basically a term punishment. Which means? Do your prison time. Uh, for those who Maybe aren't very well acquainted with prison time, Funk. So you basically have to do your best for two to three years. Maybe you'll get a mythic. Okay, so... Outside of murder, how many sentences you get in two to three years here? And I mean, I just, we're going to move on from this. We're not going to answer that question. But I just, you know, in my mind, I'm like, huh? Would you, you know, would you commit tax? I mean, come on. Anyway, uh, so next point. Until 2013, the restriction on entering salvage was still three people's minimum. So you, it was very, very, it was really easy to see people shouting all the time. To when basically did that change? 2013. Okay, yeah, because I remember just even 2011, 12, just back in the day, just you couldn't make a mythic even though it wasn't as hard as it was because you needed all these people to enter. So you had to like have a dedicated group to help you for all these years. Because or people would shout. Think about and tw- say, yeah, think about 2013 is when Adeline came out. So Yeah, 2013 was Adeline, so that's when they changed it. Yeah, so imagine at that point in the game, it's not hard at 99 to do 75 content, but imagine just needing to have all these people. Because... Jewel boxing and mules and stuff are a huge thing today. Back then, in my opinion, I don't know if you'll agree, Funk and Eric's, but it was not nearly as prevalent back then as it is today. I think yeah. when Trust came out, that's when people got the idea to basically have your own. I don't know if it was an idea. Yeah. I just, I just think people started doing it at a popular idea being spread, and there, there's something has to be something to it besides just popular idea. But I think maybe computers running multiple accounts better. Not need to have multiple PlayStation twos. I mean, there has to be something yeah. else to it besides that. Yeah, I think it, the mule, having mules was probably popular popularized with um, Ab- uh, Abyssy. But yeah, uh, I think you're right because everyone had a dual box white mage and monk to duo quote everything in the game as you'd read in the BG forums. Yeah, I wasn't really around during that time. It was so, just something I heard from my friends. And all these entry requirements. People would shout, please help me out, 20k, if you come and let me enter and you can disconnect yourself. I remember you had, so don't use your tag. Merwin asked me to come and uh, disconnect myself as he's going in the uh, salvage zone because he just needs someone to help him get in all the time. Remember those, yeah, those exactly. tells to come and help disconnect as I, he goes in? 
Because at this point, people were 99. They could solo it. They just didn't help entering. Yep. Like Delve and Vagary. But the weapon skill animations, do you guys remember those? No, what are you talking about? Well, like how they yeah. look compared to old weapon skills. They're all glowy. Oh, yeah. and... they, were, they were big animations. Pretty flashy compared to what we had until that point. I mean, uh, if you compare it to stuff like the um, quest weapon skills, like Savage Blade, it looks really awful. Like the textures are, especially the uh, effects are pretty rough. But, yeah, you, uh, could, you could tell when someone was using a mythic weapon skill. Yeah, mythic weapon skills look really awesome. Really like, awesome? Yes, really okay. awesome. They look really often. I was thinking like maybe there's a lot of fists in uh, String and Pummel or something, but... Well, it was before Empyrean weapon skills, so... Yeah, and when Empyreans I mean, came out, they made that, that teaser video they made of the day Dragoon Mithra and everything jumping. It was like, like to watch a video of weapon skills was somehow super cool, where today it'd be super lame. I mean, I wouldn't mind watching a video of new weapon skills. Only if they had that music. And they had the stupid weapon skills going off. I remember, though, I told him it was a big changer for Paladin because Paladin was one of my mains back then. And Before, all you could do was Spirits Within. Yeah, Atonement was huge. And Atonement came along, and you basically, it was based on your hate. I think it still is today, but they changed it a bit. The secret nostalgia episode. Yeah, well. It happens with Mythics, yeah. But yeah, you can basically know when you're capped hate because of the damage you do from Atonement. I mean, some people would say, out of all Mythic weapons, that the Burt Gang was the most fap-worthy, though. Oh, yeah. After the stats released in September, that's when people saw the real, the real use of these Mythics. Like, Nirvana and Tizona were good as well. But Bahamut's staff was good for Seminar. I remember everyone had one of the Bahamut's staff from the Bahamut fight. I feel like fapping and being fap-worthy is out of the common vernacular. Pretty sure it's still used frequently on Reddit. Uh, Just like wow. everything else that's already dead. <laughs> everything else is terrible is used on Reddit. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. I'm pretty sure that's a quote directly from BG when I made that. Probably. The, the, given the time era, it'd be absolutely... So old school. You used to see it a lot. You don't see it anymore. Yeah, so the, back then, uh, it was 100% armor chance, and your data was really was very erased from your disc, like we just mentioned. I remember all the Bahamut shit when everyone was talking about Bahamut Staff, because Bahamut Staff forever was like the super coolest thing. And if you didn't have Nirvana, even up to like maybe 99, by the time it wasn't until Skirmish came out, I think, if I'm going to go on a limb here, because I wasn't hard. I was Summoner at 99, Walk of Echoes a big time. But outside of that, I wasn't Summoner too much. Maybe a Dynamis here or there. But I want to say Bahamut Staff is something you used all the way up until maybe 99 before the Skirmish Staff came out. And people were talking about Bahamut Staff versus uh, Nirvana forever. The staff was good. I also like the mask for Paladin. Oh yeah, the mask was pretty uh, pretty awesome. It was also the only way to basic the basic way of getting the cashmere cloth for the Shire Mantle. I never did that fight. Really? I never ever did the uh, what's it Cloudy Orb or no the Cloud of Ochre. I never did the yeah, Worm King Descends. Yeah, the only time I ever fought Bahamut was for uh, Apocalypse Nigh or whatever it was. That's awesome, though. It, it, oh, I the bet first it was. He used Cure 5, which was ridiculous. He used Protect 5, which no one ever seen before. He was tough as hell. Giga Flare, Terra Flare. I'm always amazed they have not made a Bahamut V2 in any capacity because, I, I mean, as someone who never fought him, I remember watching videos on YouTube and just stuff about that back when I cared about looking at videos for this game. <laughs> it's a huge missed opportunity. They really should do that. Oh, he was High awesome. Battlefield. Even in COP, when, when he comes out in COP at the start of it, you're like, oh, shit. That guy's a big deal. That's Bahamut. He's a big deal. 
like other Final Fantasies too. He's pretty hard. Oh yeah, I remember him in, in ten because it's the only game I played besides this one, and it was he was a big deal in ten. Like I found him. Also, the, sorry, go ahead. I found him in the seven remake, and he was hard as shit. He summoned Ifrit. Yeah, he arguably, arguably also has one of the best uh, monster designs in the entire game. For which game? I mean, uh, for the entire series, like um, among all of his Bahamut iterations, he's the eleven one is one of the best looking ones, in my opinion. It's also a shame too that we got Siren and not Summoners can't summon Bahamut because if you could and he was useful, I mean, there's many ways we talk about in the past on this podcast that Summoner should be fixed from separating wards and rages and stuff to like be individual timers for each one, uh, stuff like that. I mean, having that would also make Summoner really cool because with Odyssey out now, Summoner is actually fulfilling finally for the first time in my opinion its purpose of being a support job because hey, I can't. Use haste too. The the bard's been using this one fight. We're doing three fights for amplifier and the summoner. In all our strategies for Odyssey, the summoner has always come in as that job that can do uh, hate clearing for our body. We were using it for haste tuga for when you're doing the third fight and don't have any more sort of like haste or uh, stuff besides maybe Embrava or dancer is left. Stuff like that. Summoner is finally living up to its actual usage. So having Bahamut as a summon would be really cool because summoner has a lot to do now. Yeah, if they could buff and still provide a little bit of damage uh, without needing all the buffs, it would be really nice. But right now, it's kind of rough for them outside of buffing. Anyway. So, um, so should we get into the myriad arms of Balaram? If you want to, uh, is that Conqueror first? Do we want to read this little lore thing before it? Spicy, you can read this. The nickname of King William the Conqueror of England, William the Conqueror, opened the Norman dynasty in the 11th century and became the founder of the current British royal family, and was called the Conqueror. That was pretty good. I tried. I'm pretty sure this is what the weapon's based on as well, because the weapon skill's name is King's Justice. Yes, I, oh, yeah. I'd imagine that's what it is. And King's Justice at 75 was actually a cool weapon skill because it was, was it Raging Rush, the other weapon skill? the crit Yeah, one? it was basically an improved version of that. Yes, and be, and it wasn't until Abyssia when he had the extra crit damage and stuff that Raging Rush was far better. But before that, King's Justice was pretty good for skill chaining. Very rarely today, I think you still use it for skill chains if you have to. And it, back then, it was nice. And Conqueror at 75 would have been absolutely fucking devastating. And today, it is not... Not nearly as much. Yeah, you made made the aftermath kind of uh, unspectacular. Unfortunately, due to the way uh, attack rounds work, if you type in attack rounds to BG or uh, multi-attack priority, whatever it is, attack priority, I think the page is, uh, double attack will proc before you're twice to thrice there on Conqueror. And Warrior gets not only the trait, but so much gear that you'd want to use anyway because it's better options that... I mean, Warrior is also the, the boost to fighter's role. Keep that in mind. But it's just the amount of double attack you run or multi-attack you run in general on Warrior or jobs in general nowadays makes Conqueror not nearly as nice. You'd use something like Ukon Savura or whatever, Ukon, the MP weapon instead. I mean, just wouldn't use... You'd use um, the Aeonic weapon as well instead. You wouldn't use Conqueror. It's just, it's just unfortunately, they've not balanced it properly. So today it is not... I mean, I'm not saying I'm not an expert in warrior. I'm not an expert in math or the game or anything, but I'm not saying you can't use conqueror. I'm just saying it's not something that people care about because of the way the game is. Yeah, the mythic aftermath really works best uh, with store TP and it just doesn't fit with warrior's kit. 
at 75 when you had nothing besides a brutal earring and maybe like an e-body if you were cool um you still wear those because they were the best but then you didn't have any multi-tax so conquerors was fucking bitching it was kicking ass but today everything is multi-attack and you just don't have a reason yeah if they ever adjust uh the mythic to stack better with multi-attack then maybe it would get a, a renaissance but otherwise probably not for warrior something like um one-handed weapons it's not a big deal for as much because you the offhand weapon still gains benefit from multi-attack so it's not a big of a detriment as it is for a two-handed weapon a two-handed weapon it's a bigger detriment and depending on your gear sets warrior in particular seems to get double attack love from sc plus most 100 jobs have access to malignants which uh pairs really nicely yeah malignants does pair nicely with it. a big reason why vajra is very nice for thief um on top of the benefits of it we'll cover later but yeah that's just how things ended up a conqueror was it was super cool for a while and it's kind of unfortunate that this is one weapon in particular that shines out or stands out but shines as an example of just something that really shouldn't be as marginalized as it is it boosts a berserk, doesn't it? But that's uh, not something you can use as a swapping piece. Even it has to remain on, so doesn't even have like uh, uh, any niche purposes. Let me double check. Actually, no, it persists after swapping. So I guess you could use it as a pre-buff weapon. Oh, you're gonna be... make it as a pre-buff weapon? It would be kind of a waste. So. Yeah, I remember. Uh... 2008 Fan Fest, we were doing MMM because yeah, that was an event there. No one wanted to do MMM, but they basically kept ushering us in there. Oh, try it out, try it out. The computer I sat down at had a Conqueror, but I was too newbie back then. I didn't know how to test it or do anything with it. You know, I think I took a picture of that. And I even think I the BG somewhere. page has a verification tag for Conqueror. It's so un, you know, it's so, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it's, it's so not talked about and it's so unspoken that. See, it has here, Augments Berserk 5 effect gives the following. Attack to 33.5%, defense minus 33.5%, upgraded from the original 25-25. Uh, the effect on attack persists even after Conqueror's removal. Crit, rate, crit hit rate plus 14%, and then sub-bullet, uh, effect on crit rate does not persist at the Conqueror's removal. And then the last bullet here may also give some amount of 3-5% of double attack verification needed, which I assume is bullshit, but to the fact that it's actually there in the first place, so, okay, so if you're a serious warrior and you really love the job and you have nothing else to do, it's better than making a relic, of course. So if you really want your attack to go... That's actually a, a super big deal, frankly, to have your attack go up an extra 8%. 8.5. Yeah, yeah. I mean... It's not bad, but is it, what, like 100 billion? Well, uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to afterglow it. You can just get... Let's see. Uh, I mean, Alexandra... Okay, yeah, I guess they are... Fairly cheap compared to when inflation was still going as strong. So I guess you could probably get it for around 50, 60 million these days. You only think like it's level 99, not even 119. Yeah, I mean, the, it's just the Alexandra that would cost you a pretty penny. Yeah, but if you're doing something like uh, in this game, I'm almost done with Vajra at this point. I think I'm at like 7,000 or 8,000 Alex left. And it's just a matter of me getting the, the 1750 Alex a month from uh, 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 Ambuscade. So at this point, it's a matter of just getting that. But if you just, it'd take you about a year or so, but if you weren't making another mythic and didn't care and just did the assaults and stuff, 
Wait, then, actually, never mind. You do need the Afterglow version for the Berserk uh, Effect 5. No, Augments Berserk 5 comes on level 99, not on a level here. I have it up. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's Berserk 4 for 95. So 99 non-eye level. So you don't even need Bitetsu or anything, just the Alex and oh, yeah. and some trials. But yeah, that's not a bad that's not a bad piece because Berserk has extra timers now with gear. You can full time it. You wouldn't do it mid-fight, but pre-fight, that's an actual if you're not capping attack. See the problem too is a lot of people take attack cap for granted. So if you're not capping attack, say you're in Odyssey, for example, uh that would be actually a super nice thing to have that makes a measurable difference you have to be a super dedicated warrior to do that but at least conqueror still has some use for berserk macro it's a real shame it cannot stack with that bonanza shield that extends uh job ability duration <laughs> oh yeah the one you had to win first place for in the nomad mogul uh moogle bonanza I mean, if, if you were like a super dedicated warrior and extremely extremely lucky then yeah but unfortunately it's a two-handed weapon so not so we're going to channel Fox here for a second. If Warrior is the one job Fox doesn't have because of overlap, and he feels it's not needed, so he has Dark Knight, he doesn't have Warrior, he has other jobs. But I have to say, for the in Odyssey, particularly, since that's the most relevant content, and we're going to get new content, people. Just be patient and enjoy your life. Um, I have to say, the things Warrior gets like this kind of make it shine a little more than just an overlap of jobs, in my opinion. But not, I mean, it's a lot of effort to make it do that, so maybe not so much. And in a strict sense of terms, Fox is absolutely correct, but if you really kind of delved into it, I think there's a little more here to Warrior. I mean, Warrior is straightforward, but also very flexible, so it is kind of nice play. It's it's basically doesn't have any, it has a very comfortable kit, I would say. Like, it's um, I feel like I know, when, SE's, just, uh, when SE's balancing jobs, I feel like they start with Warrior. Probably, yeah. This is the first job on the list. Let's do that one. Okay, so what's the next weapon? Did we did we cover Conqueror uh, sufficiently? So we forgot to mention the in-game lore of the weapon. Oh. So let's do that first, and let's do the real life after that. So I'll read the Conqueror in-game lore. Eric, do you want to pull up the Yegrush in-game lore? No, Glansfast. Oh, Glansfast. So, so am I going to level 75 Conqueror here? No, th yes. This is the Myriad Arms of Balaran. Oh, we got a Myriad one. Okay, Conqueror. Oh, you mean the actual... Oh, yeah. oh, so you're going to read this one, or do you want me to do it? I'll read this one. Okay. The Great Axe, unconventional in design, which is true, it has two points on it, or well, three points, and unequaled in its power of subjugation, was passed down along the line of Divine Emperor Azadal. In nobler days, it was presented as an award once per generation by the Emperor himself on the field of battle to the single general whose performance garnered the greatest of praise. It was by far the highest military commendation one could aspire to receive, and was much sought after by the honor and clout it brought with it. Are these so released by like, SC? Or? SC made these, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. They teased uh, all the weapons with that back in the day. But I feel like all the, the names for Conqueror, especially King's Justice, are more relevant to the real-life lore than the actual in-game lore. Yeah, I think so, too. There's a little bit. A couple of them have connections, like the Burt Gang. We'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, just in this case, particularly. But it's funny to see all these little teasers about it, and you see the weapon and it has no stats on it before the stats were released. They probably hadn't hadn't even figured out the st uh, the particular stats. Yeah, they probably didn't. Be awkward. I mean, the the requirements were so steep that nobody would have managed to do it in that time yeah. right before they released them in full. So, didn't really matter. Anyway, um, 
Are we done with Conqueror? Should I start yep. with the dance? Okay. I always think of that oh. one song whenever everyone mentions Conqueror. There's that really old European metal song. Conqueror, your finest hour still yet to come. But no one knows that song, so, you know. Why wasn't that the intro song today? Well, because I'll tell you what you want when I really, really want. I want to, I want to, I want to really do, like, I want to, I want a new weapon, okay? And I got to task a lot, so that's much more important than talking about Conquerors and, you know, your stars still rising, you know. Well, if I a new weapon, go make one and figure out this double tack thing. Actually, I think we should just remove that from the wiki in general, so no one even... Yeah, I think, I don't think, I think I, we should it. It sounds it. like bullshit to me, so let's get rid of that. I don't know where that came from. It has to be, like, a holdover from, like, 75. Oh, look, you're going to edit in that episode? That's so nice of you. Well, I know. I remember nobody did these weapons for a long time, and I did them not too long ago. Yeah, I remember we just kind of copy-pasted over from the old stuff. It was like, we're, we were taking, like, stuff from, you know, I was looking on the forums and shit. I think 2016 is when I really did most of the work on these things, because they're all basically blank. Anyways. Shall we move on? Yep, Glansfaust. Okay, Glansfaust. As the name entails, these weapons Thank transform you. to the various fists into instruments of glorious destruction. Many consider them to be the only remaining legacy of that unmatched Galkan pugilist of Bastok, Dalha, dear friend to Armand Meyer, and undisputed champion of the Bastok Mines martial games. So the real-life lore... Shall I read the real-life lore? Actually, Eric should read this, because he mentioned the translations better to, to me. Glansfalls? Yeah. I, I don't think you mentioned to me how you got the uh, other translation in the first place. But, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so Glansfalls uh, translates to uh, as Gleaming Fist um, from German. And... Uh, there's, more, there's more real... Skenia. Where? I'm sorry. Seen. So it says on the notes here that uh, Glansfaust, the meaning is gleaming fist in German. By the yes, way, Meyer was the first president of Bastuk, inaugurated in fourteen or 494. So for any, we talked about Bastok before, and that's like a combination of Germany and in and, and the lore episode with, with Ruomoko, which is a shame he's never come back on. Um, we mentioned, I thought it was like, uh, I think, Fox mentioned the Indian tribes, but I mentioned it was like a mix of like Arizona and 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 the German Empire. So I remember that. Yes. So it, it kind of fits that it mentions the Bastukan president. Okay, I was a bit confused just now because you had uh, said real life lore and this yeah, is because game. yeah, Bastok is not a real life thing. It's here in the notes. I think we have an error here. We should correct. Funk. Yeah. Well, there wasn't much else really for Glansfaust. It's just a translation to German. We're running a and professional Germany production, based, damn it. Germany based on Bastok, pretty much, or vice versa. And Darha assisted him as the head of the army. I don't know who the fuck Darha is, but okay. I think that's Dalha from the other lore I just read. It's Dalha, yeah. Okay, so maybe that's not spelled. Dalha is trans it's spelled wrong. Oh, uh, okay, okay. It should and be the, a valuable relic for Bastok. Okay, go on. I, I, I'm sorry, go on. No, no, I'm saying, what kind of a production are we running here with all these typos and shit? I don't know. Let's get a fo uh, Fox Danger on the line here. Fox Danger, could you comment on this? Oh, well, it seems like shit to me. Uh, but it was a mystery why it went to the Ottergon. What is this? A-T-O-R-G-A-N, Ottergon? <laughs> Who the fuck? Were you drunk? What is this? Yeah, I think I had too many Trulies last night. Ottergon Empire? See... Eric's mentioned this pre-show that we were going to laugh about Ottergon Empire, and I didn't look at it because I was doing other things at the time, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll keep in mind when we see it. But now that I've seen it, this is insulting, sir. I think it was supposed to be Aaron Organs, I don't know. The, the Ottergon Empire, A-T-O-R-G-A-N, Adogon. 
that's that's okay. Daruha, name of Bastok Harbor through the Daruha River. Oh God, this is embarrassing. Parentheses Dalhal has okay. been left to the river. In parentheses, that's okay. the whole paragraph. <laughs> what did I just read? Oh God. Okay, so what did you type? What, I don't know what I typed. What Eric's read was how Dalha, dear friend of Iron Man Mayor, in the little in-game lore. So if you look at the map of the Port L Bastok, key is not next to the R key. I don't know how I got that. Uh, don't ask me. Darha. It was mythical. It was Adoragon. If you look at the Port Bastok uh, this map, is, this is ridiculous. This is very ridiculous, sir. The Dalha River is in Port Bastok. Ridiculous. So it kind of ties into that. So at level 75, only double attack on one hand, not both like the Faith's Bagnix, uh, and the weapon skill is horrendous, even at 300 TP. Which is correct. Uh, Aesthetics Fury was absolute dog shit at 300 TP back in the day, I remember. And it wasn't until later on they adjusted the weapon somewhat that when you were not attack capped, I think they're the same use to this day, that you'd use in like Dynamis and stuff. Like Dragoon had Wheeling Thrust and Monk would use Aesthetics Fury. Yeah, so if you don't keep back to math, 3 up the delay was bad. And also had, gave less critical hits than the Destroyers. Oh, Destroyers, for those who don't know, was a weapon that even Red Mage can wear because you go, why the fuck does Red Mage have hand to hand? So why the fuck does Red Mage have hand-to-hand? And it was from a KSNM 99 Desert Swarm, I believe it was, or KSNM 30 Desert Swarm. And it was like a very common drop that everyone would use as like like the best damage hand-to-hand you'd use besides like Relic. Had a high crit rate. You had to like break yeah. it too. It had to uh, break the lightning effect to yeah. get the full effect of it. Which was nifty because nothing like that exists nowadays. So outside of everyone knows this from unlocking their um, quest weapon skill, Evisceration, um, most people get besides that demediation uh, stuff like that um you had to actually go out with this weapon that you didn't have like a way of really measuring and go unlock a latin on it so it wasn't as shitty as it was when you first got it doing the same sort of trial weapon skills for points you did and they don't exist anymore but people use them a lot back at 75 and there's a weapon for each weapon type too like i remember the sword i forget what it's named but it's like a Looked like a fucking serrated blade. It was it was a long hanger. It was kind of like some bleach esque shit. Um, I remember, I forget what it was. It was always drop. It wasn't. It was the destroyer. What was it? That was a uh, something like that. Hold on. Destroyers was the hand to hand. No, no, no. It was something. It was something similar. It was like with D or something. Hold on. Like I want to say it's not Purdue hanger. Appetator. Appetator. Decapitator. Uh, decapitator. Yeah. Hold on. Let, let me Google the, the fucking weapon. Do we have a page on BG for this funk? Because we don't have these page. We don't have this weapon. Well, we had the weapon there, but we don't have like, a page for all. I think it dropped from the same fight or a similar fight. Hold on. Oh, Dissector is what it's called. Yeah, Dissector. Oh, Dissector. I know it's over the okay. D. Dissector was not very good. It wasn't terrible, but it was an offhand for blue that was not very good. I think the bow was kind of popular back then, those weapon types. But I might be misremembering. The Heart Snatcher and the Destroyers by far were the most popular. Heart Snatcher. Oh, I remember was, the Heart Snatcher. Heart Snatcher oh, yeah, was yeah, right there. The most the common dagger. to see, and it wasn't that great, but. That was a decent offhand, I think. I remember making fun of Heart Snatcher specifically, and every bad thief had a Heart Snatcher. I remember specifically something was very bad about this weapon. It might be I mean, the, were... the thief equivalent of Domaru is Heart Snatcher. I mean, it wasn't the best weapon available back then, but it was pretty accessible for a lot of thieves. Oh, 500 skill chain points. Wasn't it 300 skill chain points for a trial? Yeah, but so you, I had, 
Remember, it's clearly more for these weapons. So you had to do double the amount of trials for one weapon, and and generally these weapons were not great. Yeah, except for the destroyers. Yeah, they definitely stuck out. I mean, the, the, I think that the destroyers were even relatively close to Sparai, if I'm not mistaken. Like they were pretty powerful. Yeah, I do remember the faith bagnes though. Yeah, and you those, need the stupid stones crazy. in your ammo. The that virtue the stones. Oh boy, virtue stone. Something you never want to farm. Like yeah. Back in the day at 75, with this weekly farm of bullshit, like virtue stones and other stuff, and I'm glad that it doesn't exist anymore. I love the Justice Sword, though. That was pretty fun. The Justice Sword. I like the Justice League. So today, how do Glans Faust, Glans Faust, uh, how do they hold up? Because you don't really see them used. I don't see them used at all. How about you, Eric's? I think especially um, with the change to Monk for boost and dodge, they're not as important because they were big for, like, you'd use them for boost and dodge. Yeah, the problem, they have a, a similar problem to um, Conqueror in that uh, Monk has so much triple attack from his gear that the aftermath isn't really that valuable and the attached weapon skill isn't impressive at all. So there's not really much you can get out of these weapons. Not much else to tell you, really. So right now, Carrot is in the kitchen and she's just eating Parmesan cheese out of the fridge in her hand, staring at me. Is she your third cat? She says she's hungry. Yeah, she's a third cat. Parmesan what? cheese to sprinkle out in your hand and eat it? Yeah, that, that's what she's doing right now. I, that's a little strange. I don't, I don't have an answer. I had to say it because it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, so you can't even use the Glansfaust as a swap weapon like uh, Conqueror because the bonus to focus and dodge is only active while you, uh, they remain equipped. And the duration for focus and dodge is so short that wouldn't even really be worth it. And it's like the bonus is really low. Like at seventy five, this bonus was amazing, but at ninety nine, getting an extra thirty evasion and five percent guard during dodge is dog shit. Yeah, (laughs) the theme of the episode: dog shit. And getting an extra five percent attack and three crit rate and thirty accuracy during focus is not. The weapon has to be good. That's just like a bonus. I can't make the weapon good, unfortunately. When they reworked Focus and Dodge, I feel like they just made them very underwhelming. Well, when they reworked them, they actually made them worth using, although they're short, which is why they're worth using. But Well, yeah, but I, th- I think they still need some sort of adjustment to be... And to be fair, the weapon has a higher damage than Kinkonkin. Well, that's, that's not difficult, though, because <laughs> Kinkonkin is a really low damage weapon, but it makes it up uh, with the fast delay. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they'd only make it affect one fist. Oh, well, no that's always been the case. That's been the case for um for the relic weapon was only uh the damage was only in the first fist. You think it'd be both, but I can understand no kick attacks. Is that the same for King Konkin as well? Is uh yeah. the, the it only attacks multi times in the first fist, not the second fist. So it's it's always like hand to hands always had that thing, like they only count the first fist for everything well, for history. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but uh at least in King Konkin's case, it doesn't really matter too much because you do notice a massive increase in uh, TP speed with Aftermath up. So I, I can kind of see why they wouldn't allow it for both fists, because it would be pretty crazy. Yeah. So <clears throat> Yagrush is the next one. I think everyone knows about Yagrush. You don't even see white mages without it these days. Even that yeah. new, uh, what is it, that login points thing or, or some other thing? Uh, it looks like a Yagrush without the, the bead in the middle. Anyone know the weapon? Yeah, you're talking about the Thunderhammer. Yeah, the, I guess is that what it's called, the Thunderhammer. I don't think it just released an August update. No, no one has it. I'm thinking it's for next month's login campaign. 
because the update days probably fall in strange days. But yeah. it's going to be uh, the epitome of penis jokes. <laughs> Why is it the epitome of penis jokes? I mean, just the name. Thunderhammer? Yeah. How is Thunderhammer a penis joke? Like Thunderstick? Uh, is Thunderstick a penis joke? It's just a well, stick. It's, it's funny. What's funny? I, about I don't that, know. Sir? I mean, sir, what is funny about that? I think back to you on that. Do you think of thund- you think of thunderstick or thunderhammer? I don't know. I mean, if you said boomstick, I might say something. But well, it wouldn't thunder. Doesn't thunder boom sometimes? I mean, it's all it does. It, it certainly isn't related to electricity, like some people might think. Well, going back to the point of this update this month, you think it would be somewhere in the storyline or from uh, the Ramu Ambuscade. I don't know why they changed using that and implemented it this month. But then, damn. Uh, the Ramu Ambuscade is really interesting this month because of how we tried to fight it the right way, I guess the intended way. And it was like 13 minutes in, we're killing every avatar, and it just kind of sucked. Uh, but I guess everyone is just kind of killing one avatar and just killing the summoner and being done with the fight very quickly now. So I do like the poetic justice, though, of uh, Ramu Conduit burning you instead. Yeah, because if they had. Um, the the harpy there the siren yes i can't remember every damn name of everything there's so many names <laughs> if they had siren there spamming hysteric barrage um with conduit it would be terrible because that's what everyone does now but uh volt strike conduit spam was the the i think that's just sc kind of making fun of us is what you were saying yes yep it's very good that's what be that was the main conduit burn was was volt strike all right. Um, I feel like you have to read to... the next one too, uh, Eric's. The it's not German. It's north of you, but I think for for Levitin here, uh, how do you say it? Wait, don't we still want to do Yagrush? Oh, 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 sorry, I I thought Yagrush was covered already. I thought we're moving past it because everyone knows Yagrush. My bad. I mean, we still want to do the lore, don't we? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. All right, Yagrush, uh, also known by its alias Pacer. This robust red sandalwood club is plated in phosphorescent gold and exquisitely encrusted with an array of magically imbued sacred stones. It is said to have been the weapon of choice for the legendary Admiral Vedel, who commissioned its creation to master craft or priests specifically for high sea encounters with the dreaded Leviathan. Okay, I, so, can, I can see high sea encounters, but how is this club? It's a big club, but it'd be very useful in a, in a sea battle here, but Leviathan? How, what the fuck? Are you going to poke him with it? Maybe to remove all the poison go. <laughs> but yeah, a uh, bit of a sad story. I had a long time Final Fantasy uh, 11 friend whose character name was Vadel. And I played a lot, of, like, a lot of 11 with him, a lot of other games with him. And one day he just uh, vanished. Never heard from him again. And it's kind of well depressing to read his name, even though it's... Uh, from the game lore. I hope he's still out there somewhere. Moment of silence. I- I'm sorry, Carrot was eating things out of the fridge and distracting me. She, she, she said, quote, I am eating random things out of the fridge, end quote. Well, if it cleans oh, it just, up. So you, you had I a just, friend you were saying uh, named Vadel and something, 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 Carrot's eating in my fridge. I, I missed. Yeah, you just ruined the moment. Oh, well, she was eating pickles yeah. and olives out of the fridge. I, I just, you know, this is what I live with. You eat, What cheese are you eating out of the fridge? What do you eat? You're an adult. Deal with it. Hungry. Don't eat the cheese out of the fridge. We had that for, for cheese-eating times. Not, not every day is a cheese-eating day. 
Today is because she's eating it now. She, she's hungry, so she's like a five-year-old. It needs olives and pickles and cheese out of the fridge. I heard something I, interesting about cheese, basically. Okay, what's interesting about cheese? Okay, so you know the big old butt things of cheese that you get, the uh, Ziplocs, so you can zip it shut, the shredded cheese? You said a butt thing of cheese? No, it's like a, from Costco. There's two big old shredded things of cheese. Okay, so where'd the butt part go? You said butt, yes. Okay, but if you reach your oh, hand okay. in there... It's supposed to use tongs because if you reach a hand there, Bacteria. the oil from your fingers can cause it to mold quicker. Yes. So if Those you're supposed to use... Hands <laughs> so she's molding up your cheese, basically, if she's reaching into shredded cheese right now. I, I Shredded cheese, I do not generally keep too often. I'll get a block of cheese and shred it. And I'll keep my hands Ooh. on the wrapper of the cheese so that I don't get my oils all over the cheese. Well, blocks of cheese are more economical for the same purpose, and it takes me two seconds to fucking shred it, so I get blocks of cheese to shred. Like I, I get a block of Parmesan. I don't keep shredded Parmesan around. Do you have a big old wheel of cheese somewhere in your house? I could, well, at, at times. You would if you could. No, at, at times I've had a wheel of cheese in the house. I mean, I'm a big cheese guy. I keep many loaves. See, in, in Germany, you don't have the freezer space Americans do, but I'll keep many loaves of bread of quality in the fridge and i'll have bread i'll bring out and put in the oven and it's like brand new fresh bread it's really hot and steamy and it's very good and i'll have it with, you, with cheese do you pair certain cheese with wine yes yes why do you think i have so many wines i have every closet in my house is full of wine so i can on a nice afternoon i have off i'll have cheese and wine and watch something with bread so you have to make sure it matches to eat it together well i mean you wouldn't want to have something that, that does not work you wouldn't want to like have orange juice and toothpaste when you're having something so you want to have make something that like works deliciously with something but it's not like i i don't pick like oh gewürztraminer that only works with like this sort of cheese i'm not going to okay thank you word for it if i ever come over you better make me an exquisite dinner with a big old cheese plate and a big old wine tasting i'll make you a barbecue chicken how about that yeah it'll work no I, i'm not making a barbecue chicken you better come over oh. Because uh, that's so rude. <laughs> uh, Serge, if anyone who's in the Discord, Serge, a uh, guy came to my wedding. I guess he functioned as best man, uh, whatever. He sent me a message today about he's going to be stopping by because one of his relatives lives in Jersey. He does not live anywhere near Jersey. He's going to be stopping by again. So uh, he will have visited me twice now, Funk, and you have visited me zero times. And we're invited also and did not come. So, I mean, I think know, he lives a little closer, doesn't he? He lives in Vermont. So he, he's much closer yeah, well, to me than, than Michigan. Minnesota. Minnesota, sorry. Same same shitty Great Lakes state. Well, you can call it that, I guess. I mean, you're a you're you the Vikings, and I, I mean, as a Seahawks fan, the Vikings are generally the one of the number one nemeses that you will face in your your division, so Well, they're nothing to write home about, so your team must not be very good. Uh, some years. Some years. Anyway, um so at seventy five, it was amazingly broken, Yagrush, to be able to AOE status care outside a party, uh, PL potential to the max. Well, in the dunes, though, if, if you're if you're a power level or had egress, you could paralina or do whatever the hell you needed out of a party. It's pretty cool. I like how whenever I read one of your things, Funk, it's entirely obvious that I'm reading something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't go over the uh, real-life mythology of it, though. Okay, I got this one. Uh, Yagrush, a club in... Ugarit mythology, present de Syria. One of the two clubs given by the craft god Cathar Vasis to the storm god Baal to defeat the sea god Yam or Yam. Who knows? I don't. 
It can be freely manipulated from a distance and returns to the owner's hand by itself, also known as a boomerang. It name its name means exile. Emir is the other club in the story, which name means rebellion. That's a weird way of reading it. So talking about sea gods, so the in-game lore mentioned crafted to defeat Leviathan. So it's kind of a an homage to that little real life lore. I still feel oh. like we call it Leviathan is like Leviathan or something weird. Leviathan, who, who knows? Well, Leviathan is uh, from the Bible, isn't it? I don't read these horrible fairy tales. I don't know. I'm not sure. But in any case, it's probably a way more epic fighting Leviathan than a yam. Because I don't know. How <laughs> yam. Yam. And for those who don't know, yams are a very, uh, like, furry. I don't say furry, but they're like, a, like, a, like, they're like tree bark. And they're like, everyone who buys a yam in the grocery store in America, that's a sweet potato. It's not a yam. A yam is like an African, like, um... What's the word for root? Like a rutaceous. It's like a, uh, like a, what is the word for it? You're the food guy. You should know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a tubular, it's like a tubular kind of food. So it's like a, it's a rooty tubular kind of food, but it's like, it looks like tree bark when you look at a yam, a real African yam. So no one's actually eaten a yam who thinks they've had a yam. Just to include the, a big thing, like everyone mentions yams in America. And I always go on this, this big tangent about that's not a yam. And, and that's this is my and bringing my tangent of that's not a yam into it without actually having specific information this time because I didn't pull up yams before the episode. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think yam was going to be a thing I did prepare for this episode. Why well, expect a yam picture in the YouTube video? <laughs> Hold on, I'll make a uh, I'll make a note here. Hold on, make a note. A... Look at the timestamp. Make it happen. Yep. Yep. Here You're it going is. on tangents is the reason people are trying to get you banned. Sialid there from the UAE getting very angry that I am not his friend. So present day Yagrush, it basically is a game changer for White Mage. It's totally worth making, correct? It was broken, still is broken. It's not yeah. broken now, it's just it's a convenience now. Before it was broken, now it's a convenience. Before it would it's change slow paced fights. It's not a necessity for any fights these days. It is like nothing's a necessity, sure. Though. But like for master trials, would you not be able to do something without Yagrush? Oh, yeah, you don't need any Yag Rush to be any Master Trial, especially with the setups we've seen from Zola and other people. You would not need a Yag Rush in any capacity, let alone a fucking, they don't take White Mage sometimes. How about Mystic Boon? Is that any good? Uh, Carrot used to back in the day before she needed, like, sometimes she, I mentioned the White Mage episode she mentioned, I mean, uh, she sometimes would use it, but it's not, it's not a big thing, and it's just, you don't really want to run in most of the time. It's like a new Starlight or whatever it was called before. You're talking about the Empyrean weapon? No, the shitty old um, weapon skills to convert um, MP to... Oh, I, oh, oh, oh uh, Moonlight. And, yeah, Moonlight. Yeah. Oh. I think we're talking about Dagen from the Imperian oh, uh, no. Gambatin Club. So, today, still an amazing tool for White Mage. Levitin. Okay, I got the in-game lore here. Are you doing this? I can, I'll read this one. Passed down for generations in the myths and stories of the peoples of the North is the world tree motif known... To those intimately versed in such tales as Yggdrasil, also known as the Boyata Tree in, in game, pretty much. One obscure legend. Okay, whatever. You, you, yeah, what you said. One obscure legend of an amb- ambitious Gigas who ventured to the center of the tree to attain the single branch fabled to grow in there, the branch of ruin, known to sprout only seemingly lifeless skeletal frames of leaves in place of lush foliage. He plucked it and its base and made its way to the lands of the 
Devarger, Grand Wars, basically, whom he commissioned to fashion the branch into Leviden. So that basically ties right into the real life lore here. Yeah, they really just uh, copied directly from Norse mythology. But given that we have Odin and all of that stuff, uh, it's not unsurprising they kind of kept all of that intact. Can you pronounce these names? Can you read this, Eric? I mean, I'm not Nordic, so not really. <laughs> you want to try it? Okay, do I have to do this for uh, our good old friend here, our, our good old Swedish friend here? Go ahead, Spicy. <clears throat> this one's for you, Sweden. Um... Leviton, a weapon that appears in the Fjoldsfjens song, one of the Edda poetics, Old Edda, that summarizes North mythology. Lava means ruin, calamity, and tjenen, uh, tjenen means branch wand. In other words, it literally translates to a branch of disaster. Uh, Leviton is often interpreted as a sword. In North mythology, Leviton. Levatian, Levatian, it's not French, is a weapon crafted by Loki, mentioned in the Poetic Edda, poem... <sighs> He's gonna fucking send me a message over this one. Fjolsil... <laughs> F-J-Umlaut-O-L-S-V-I-N-N-S... Oh, come on. Fjolsfjensmal. Fjolsmanval. Uh, it was made by chanting runes at the gate of Nilfheim and is Nilfheim and is stored in an iron box with nine locks. This is like the fucking relic episode where I'm fucking trying to say Gugnia and all this other. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say apocalypse. Yeah, in Greek. Yeah, we were trying to say Otter Urigon and, and Erdogan and stuff here this episode, but that even that was difficult for us. So, so yeah, for me, <laughs> truly, bit of, bit of an interesting or slight observation this iron box was supposed to be have been locked by nine locks which might be uh, connected to the norse belief that uh, the world was made up of uh, nine worlds that were connected by electricity yeah so might be a connection there who knows probably yeah it's cool i didn't recognize that i enjoy their mythology a little better than that german mythology we have you know yeah fuck that shit so this is the Black Mage weapon. And we all know how Black Mage is today. The Black Mage was good back in 75. Well, talk about it in 75. Well, what was it used for? The Black Mage burn parties were pretty cool, even though it's just merits, you know. But even then, I mean, this weapon really wasn't used. The Black Mage is all about damage, right? And the HQ staves were much better for your Black Mage and your sanity. So uh, this is the one thing I asked Fox about before the episode uh, for 75. And yeah, it replaced all HQ staves at 75 and your sanity, as you said. But I asked him, I asked Fox, did you agree that Leviton was trash and stuff in the notes? You know, Nagi's up the question mark too, uh, but what do you think? He didn't answer me about Nagi, of course, but he said, Leviton is fine. Let's you gear Black Mage differently, which is the theme of Fox for everything. Let's you change how you do things, which I agree. Uh, these weapons really do let you change how you play. Um when, when I talk about King Konkin being a thing that lets you, for low-delay situations, build out, that may seem trivial, but that changes the way you play the job and how you gear. And if you're in-depth, if you're one of our listeners who just, you know, is like uh, our favorite Reddit poster of the day, Prior Chemist, then you don't have to worry about that ever, and you don't ever have to build besides best-in-slot, quote-unquote, your Bisquick, 
besides that. But yes, Levitain and Ken Koken, those are weapons, they do change how you play jobs. So it lets you gear Black Mage differently due to accuracy, and the AM is reasonable due to Occult Acumen. But was Occult Acumen back at 75 cap? I no, forget. there was no Occult Acumen no. until later. Yeah, so it was worthless that back then. But today it has its uses, but I can't see it being better than a... At 75, you just kind of nuked in it. It was just kind of like a weapon you nuked in as a way for SE to kind of replace the elemental staves. And just Only when you had elemental seal And up. you nuked in it. And if you were being like... At 75, it wasn't ridiculous as a black man to go out and like swing at things. It's like battle was so slow, it didn't hurt to swing at things. It kind of was cool to do it. I mean, if you did get the Aftermath 2 up, you could get a decent magic attack bonus. Yeah, it would have made a big difference back then, more so than today. There's also, I mean, you had, um, if it was a serious fight, it would have been um, Icarus Wings. Or maybe you slept yourself with an Opal Opal necklace, I mean. True, yeah. You know, there's well, actually mythology on the BG page for this one, too. Yeah, it's uh, basically what went over. I didn't see that. Uh, Levitin is the, was the weapon crafted by Loki, as we said, the trickster god of the Norse mythology. Loki was known for being neither fully good nor evil, since his main aim was always to create chaos to assert power structures and social orders, which had become too self-assured of their self, of uh, their righteousness, which had become too self-assured of their righteousness. Semicolon. He was chaotic neutral, which I happen to find is a, a very admirable thing. Personified. Or rather deified. The first mention of the Levitin comes in the poetic edit. Da, 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 da. I'm not saying the, the word again. Um, where it was referred to as Haviltin, uh, sure striking arrow. Haviltin only took on the name Levitin, wounding wand slash wand of destruction. There's so many names of translation here. When the Norwegian linguist Sophus Brugge uh, published his revision of the poetic edda in 1867, 1867. The weapon skill Vito Hirnir refers to the reason Loki made the staff to defeat, oh, I don't even know how to pronounce these double O's, Vjolpnir uh, slash Vjolpnir, a rooster that's at the top of the, oh, come on. It gets worse. It's <laughs> at the top of the Mimamnyor, a, a tree often taken to be identical to the world tree Yggdrasil. So the lore they gave us for this basically ties in with the real-life lore. Yes. But is the weapon skill any good? I don't think it is. Uh, well, for Black Mage, as far as weapon skills go, at 75, it was a strong weapon skill. I remember using it because I used to like meleeing on Black Mage at 75 because I was nifty. Um, it was actually relevant for Master Trial 3 yeah. for a while. Could uh, make Darkness with, um, I think, Corsairs. And it's like the, the only death. good property you have for Black Mage weapon skill. Go on, sorry. Um, that was pretty much it. The burst reduces death. reduces yeah. the enemy's magic defense by ten for one minute. I could see it being the same problem that like uh, Ground Strike has, where this is fragmentation slash distortion, so you kind of ruin a lot of the things. But it reduces the yeah, the magic defense bonus by ten, which is not strong. It's 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 helpful, but it's one minute as well. It's not. Uh, we'll also see the notes say one minute, but the effect duration here says one minute, 120 seconds, 180 seconds, which we learned from the Relic episode that this is not 180 seconds is based on the Relic stuff we'd seen was me reciting level 75 stuff, not the actual had been buffed. But I think Relics specifically were buffed and Mythic Weapon Skill Aftermath was not buffed like Relic Aftermath was, if I'm recalling yeah. correctly. So... Holy fucking shit, I feel like a librarian in the, in the fucking annals of time here. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you're spot on with that. 
So, yeah, I mean, they should have buffed them as well. Uh, 60 seconds to two minutes is not long enough. Three minutes is not long enough, especially for only being 10. But this game has evolved and changed so rapidly that they can't possibly balance all these facets. And they don't have the manpower nor the attention to detail at this point from people talking about it. Because they're too busy reporting videos to actually <laughs> bring these things up. So... Yeah, it's it's if you're mailing on Black Mage or the Cold Ackman or something, it's useful for making a skill chain, uh, and the weapon skill gets a bonus from the Mythic. But it you would have to truly love Black Mage, which hopefully SC will give attention to Black Mage and Levitin will become much more popular because it also enhances Elemental Seal, which is nice by giving extra ten percent magic damage with it. And that's I remember at seventy five Funk in the BG forums a lot of discussion about the Elemental Seal bonus being better or worse than like. Uh, elemental staves. If I'm recall, it's been a long ass time, over a decade. Well, but... if elemental seal wasn't a 10 minute recast, it would have been a lot more useful. It really shouldn't be. It should be like no more. Yeah, than it really five. shouldn't be anymore. We talked about that with divine seal in the white mage episode. It should be no more than five. Honestly, I think it could be a minute, and it would not be broken whatsoever. No, not at all. Especially not, now, you're not doing too much in a minute. Like like every minute, one nuke. It's not. You're generally when if you were resisting a lot in this day and age with time limits and everything. And use Elemental Seal or Divine Seal to like do one extra cure of one extra nuke. What does that matter? The mob has so much HP. The fight is limited. What does it matter if you do it every one minute? It would give you something extra to do. It would be more exciting, actually. I mean, so what? You can sleep things every one minute. Oh, okay. It's very broken. So make it like five minutes. But still, it, 10 minutes is absolutely ridiculous. Even at 75, 10 minutes felt really long for what you were getting. But now it's just, it's very trivial. Yeah, when they lowered all the merit weapons or job abilities down from 20 minutes to 10 or whatever it is yeah from 20 minutes to 10 they definitely should have cut these in half as well <laughs> they didn't call call wyvern down or activate but that's okay <clears throat> yeah, so just to clarify the weapon itself wasn't relevant for master trial 3 it was just a weapon skill so any black mage with the weapon skill could do it yeah, yeah. i have it actually even though i don't play black mage because i used to use it because it was cool yeah, I like the mod as well. Yeah, it looks really cool. It's like a bunch of water molecules flying around or something. Yeah, I guess not much else to say. The weapon is unfortunately not relevant at all. Maybe if they changed Cascade to be sort of a Black Mage stance and uh, changed um, Labor Turn to use, to use that to boost that instead, maybe that would be more useful. Well, yeah. However they fix Black Mage, I hope they incorporate this weapon to make it more relevant. Yeah, yeah that'd be wishful thinking, though. So, next yeah. weapon is near and dear to Eryx's heart. You want to is read the lore there? Oh, I, I think it's very near and dear to you. It was once upon a time before I realized it wasn't great. And frankly, the way they made the, the picture here from SC, you can't hold a weapon this way, so it looks very cool and very French. It looks like it's I mean, like Spirits Within, though. Mm, What's how Elvis do Spirits Within? Not necessarily, because yes, but also the way the wrist and everything, the, the height at which it's turned, it seems different. Like, they made this specifically just for this image. Might be like a, I don't know, a fencing greeting or whatever. Who knows? I think it's like an, it's not on guard where you like hold the sword straight up, but it's like, it's it's definitely like a thrust kind of thing, but more like, you wouldn't thrust with your wrist like this. It'd be more of like a, just a pose. It's a pose, so. Yeah, they all are. Anyway. <laughs> Poser. Murray Lice. The blade of this finely crafted sword is ingeniously armed with a fluke for disarming opponents and is that it's most effective when used in thrusting and stabbing attacks. After the passing of the great warrior king, Archifarger Ardreguil, 
One of his generals, Con Ganelon, left in Sandoria in exile bearing the sword and came to settle in the realm of Bastok. And I'm pretty sure I butchered that uh, French name, but who cares? This is what we do in, the th- uh, in this podcast. You did good. But that's funny that I just noticed Count Ganelon they mentioned here is exactly what the real life lore is. Oh, that's funny. Well, if anyone knows about Charlemagne, it's Eric's. I mean, not that much. But not more than others, maybe. Well, you know him by name. If you if you asked who was Charlemagne to most people on the street in my country, they wouldn't know who Charlemagne Okay, yeah, is. I know the name, but I don't really know that. They much. might say Champagne. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess I'll read the notes as well. Go the love sword of Count Ganelon that appears in the Song of Roland. French, La Chanson de Roland, or Roland, I'm not sure. That is an 11th century epic poem, Chanson de Gest. Uh, based on Roland and the Battle of Roncevaux, passed in uh, um, 778, during the reign of Charlemagne. It is the oldest surviving major work of uh, French literature and exists in various manuscript versions, which testify to its enormous and enduring popularity from the 12th to uh, 16th centuries. Is French your third language? No. Okay. But my, my mother was a French teacher, but I... I'm terrible at French. I, well, you, you pronounce, brain. you know, Roncevall. Uh, I can't pronounce it like you do, but I, I see Roncevall. I mean, I, I, I try, but my pronunciations are way off. I mean, compared to how I pronounce it, you know, uh, Chanson de Guess, I mean, you pronounce it a lot better. Well, I, I try, but it's. I'm pretty sure it's wrong anyway. It's Of course, it's still wrong, but you don't speak it. But I mean, still better than <laughs> the, I mean, anyone in America hearing that French pronunciation be like, oh, wow, this guy really speaks French. Yeah, I believed it. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, when you heard it, I'm like, I, like, it's very believable. But I had to ask. So I'm not, I'm not a good poser, but I'm a good faker. <laughs> well, I didn't know you were such a woman. Well, I have all sorts of surprises in store. Anyway, in the story, the sword, like Durandal, has a golden handle filled with holy relics. I remember the Durandal back at seventy five cap. I loved that sword. I'm like, oh my god, I get this, get this sword, but we all know it all has some bits on it. And you know what's funny is not all the mythic pages have the lore on them on BG, so Levitin did and Mergley did not have one here. So, not that we don't have it, but just the fact that it, like, it's not consistent on BG. Some, uh, some people that enjoy this, not you, Funk, I'm saying, some people that enjoy this really should uh, make it appear there. I mean, we have it all written down here, you could copy-paste, bam, bam. Yeah, we could, but the one that was on the BG page for Levitin, which probably just came right from Wikipedia, was better than what we had in our notes. Of course, it was no close. Of course, yeah, it was it was somewhat close, but that one was much more fleshed out and better. And of course, no one's going to do it besides us. So, thank you guys. Uh, so at seventy five, how was Murrayways? Did you have a seventy five, Eric's? No. I didn't have any sort of remos until I came back in twenty seventeen. Thought we covered that chart. Like, I remember that the convert effect was even, um, no one really knew what it did even today, because there was a thread around it recently, not too recent, maybe within the last couple of months on Auction House, about what the actual convert ratio was. It's kind of funny they're still asking in this day and age, because it's like, does it matter? It, it, but... I think we had it wrong. Uh, we had it at like one, 1 HP to 3 MP or something like that, but it's actually yeah, 1 to 2. Pretty, pretty sure it's wrong, because when you use convert with that, uh, basically full heals you if you aren't completely empty on MP. So, the, so you get like HP and MP. The well, BG page part. says restores MP by 50% of maximum HP when converting does not affect the amount of MP converted by from HP. 
Basically, I, it's not you don't you don't risk anything when you converge, which is pretty nice. But is it game breaking? Not at all. I mean, we've had fights in Odyssey where Arabati where object has to convert three times in the fight. So yeah, converts recast is just too long to really abuse this, and all it really does is uh, save you from a potential random death and some MP that you would have to use to cure it back up. Frankly, I imagine. That's another one too, like Divine Seal. It's Red Mage's equivalent of Divine Seal and Mental Seal. With how the game is today, it, convert being at a one-minute timer would be absolutely not ridiculous. I mean, you wouldn't run an MP, which would be kind of silly, but I mean, five minutes for convert, there should be no reason it should be ten minutes. It's it's very silly. It's You get so much refresh now. Yeah, I mean, I, I never run out of MP um, with refresh three, unless I'm really spamming nukes. Uh, or, if if I'm, or if I'm curious, yeah. So for our era body, Abject is on Red Mage and he's the buffer and the only healer. So he's carrying me on Rune Fencer constantly and has to convert. It's very niche in any case. Yeah, still. 10 minutes ridiculous. Yeah. So how about today? Uh, is there anyone here who has an afterglow? Uh, Merglis? Merglay? Who would like to testify? Who likes to testify <laughs> to the, the effectiveness of this weapon today? Probably not me. I have no idea. You, who you might be referring to. <clears throat> not me. Yeah, well, I I, I did make one. I, it's R15. And originally I made it because I thought it would be really good and um, paired with uh, a CDC because of the aftermath. <laughs> and it was disappointing to say the least. Like, Elmace just blows it out of the water. Um, it but it has its uses as the, the best magic accuracy weapon. Or main hand, so that's worth something. It wasn't yeah. completely useless. Yeah, I mean, it, it's nice to have when you really need to land certain debuffs and stuff. Isn't the problem that the Contemplator R15 gives you the elemental, the enfeebling skill plus all that magic accuracy that you would just use Contemplator? Oh yeah, but not not every um, like uh, Frazzle two or and Distract two they cap without the skill, so you can use them with Merlice. I could see using uh, Merglice, Merglay, whatever the fuck, Merg. I could see using Merg with uh, like the Odin zero. Oh, you can't use it for Odin because you're trying to do zero damage with end spell. But there has to be a time when Red Mage is meleeing. Well, see, the problem too is they only use Niggling, right? So if they yeah, have, it's not, it's not, they have it's Niggling, not a great, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to justify when you could use Savage Blade for a lot more damage, even if you're TP. Yeah, that's, that's, that's rough because Death Blossom is not a powerful weapon skill. It was really cool no, back in the day. It it does have certain uses just because of the uh, magic evasion down and um, well because you get get really fast DP with the weapon you can make a lot of skill chains if necessary. But other than that, it's not really a damage weapon. It's more of a it, utility. Weapon. It feels like a weapon for red mage at seventy five or ninety nine nine level. Uh, not modern day red mage in any capacity. It, it feels like a, a way red mage used to be played. This would be really awesome. Versus today, it's not at all. Yeah, I agree. At seventy five cap, especially, it would have destroyed stuff. Yeah, for soloing things. Yeah, and I mean, especially back then, convert was huge. So having mm-hmm. uh, not having to heal up after convert was godsend. Yeah, it was really cool when it was made. They had to really update some of these mythics, as we've talked about several times. I think in our Link Shell Magnanimous back in the day, Jimothy was our super, super red mage, and he had made Merglaze just for the extra uh, magic accuracy plus, because he was like, no one was playing red mage back then. Like, distracts and stuff were new, and no one was even still playing red mage, because who cared? 
and he was he, we would take him to like silence absolute virtue and stuff but he would use that weapon and and fight with it a bit because red mage didn't have anything back in the day so even even fresh esha era i'd say mergulis was still cool but people didn't bother making it because it wasn't cool enough to make but now today it's just kind of like once again marginalized i mean it's it's unbeatable if you get the aftermath level one for magic accuracy. If you pair that with the Amarapi shield. Um, oh, you're saying AM. Okay. I mean, either way, it's still with the R15, it's definitely the best, best uh, magic accuracy weapon. Yeah. But it just gets better that's really, that's really kind of like like trying to justify it, though, doesn't it sound like that? Just to, if, if you have I mean, AM on. I mean, even, as I said, even without the AM, it's still the best, but it can be pushed even further if you need it. Okay, yeah, you're right. So there you go. If you can't land shit, so I mean, I think a lot of these weapons nowadays they were super cool, and they only are justified nowadays. Even when we get the Vajra next, which is my baby, uh, when we get to that, it's still going to be a case of you have to love the job to be able to apply it as more of a utility weapon, more so than several, several, several years ago when it was like all oh, mythics are the best weapons for damage ever. And even when they were first made, Mythics are the best weapons ever. But I think, you know, things have changed a lot, of course. Yeah, How I feel Vajra kind of suffers from the same issue as Conqueror. Vajra's gotten better, though, nowadays compared to years ago when I first started writing the Thief Guide. It's gotten a lot better today than it used to be, which is so funny. How is Death Blossom? Do, do you know, Eric's? Damage-wise, damage wise, it's not very impressive. It's about um, Knights of the Round damage-wise. Damage wise, like twenty five k, thirty k, at at the best. So you can push it, but it it doesn't really impress like uh, Savage Blade does with anything. An additional effects only minus ten magic evasion, but it's believed to be. Yeah, which it's, isn't it's, that. Yeah, no. But I mean, if you if you pair it with the aftermath one, it's quite a lot of extra magic accuracy. So why the hell not, right? If well, you, if you really need it. Needing it, I mean, see, we say if you need it, but that's pretty obvious. When are you actually going to need it like that? That's pretty, that's pretty bad. I mean, I, I imagine it would have been more relevant during early Esha, or like I don't know. Yeah, you're right. The big ticket fights, like I mentioned. Yeah, but nowadays, not so much. Even though the augment gave it an, uh, another chunk of magic accuracy. I want to say the game today feels like it did. Not to the same depth of despair. Not that despair is the correct word, but not to the same level of stagnation is more correct that the 75 ZNM era did before Wings of the Goddess came out. I want to say the game feels the same way it did at TYU stagnation point where everything was super lateral. You'd been 75 forever. Uh, nothing had changed. And But right before Wings of the Goddess, which I guess we can compare to Voracious Resurgence, I want to say the game feels the way it did now as it did then, and that, you know, like, things aren't, you don't have a reason to use the Murglis because of the magic accuracy, like, every, like, you know how to anticipate certain things, and even, like, the monkey wrench of Odyssey they've thrown, even, like, that doesn't, Murglis doesn't come up at all in Odyssey, like, there's no real reason, in my opinion, to even make it, still. Yeah, it's it's a trophy for the most part, it's not, not necessary at all. But it's funny that you say that uh, the V&M era was stagnant because Back then, I led a, a ZNM shell that was pretty successful, and uh, it was like basically uh, the prime days of my Final Fantasy career back then. 
like right before Wings of the Goddess dropped, didn't the game feel really stagnant? Like even when it first dropped and there was nothing to do in Wings of the Goddess and everyone complained, there's nothing to do in this expansion pack at all besides walk around and do a campaign. Like, didn't it feel like the game had reached like this this super peak of stagnation? For others, maybe, but we have, for us, uh, Xenam was basically the, the H&M experience we never had because none yeah. of us uh, bothered to join those, uh, the H&M shells and we didn't bot. So that was kind of a... Uh, our replacement and endgame. I'll agree that ZNM was the better version of HMing that people had wanted when you're fighting Tinnin and stuff. But didn't the game at that point, outside of doing ZNMs, didn't it feel like, you know, there wasn't too much to it? Like you could make a mythic weapon or you've done everything? Like well, it, I it got stagnant. I felt that way. I mean, I was always busy with Assault, Snizel, Salvage, ZNM, Sky. Yeah, I mean, but there was only so much you could do the so many assaults and salvage and sky and stuff. Like people did sky for many years. Like it wasn't like everyone had Bayako's Hayadate by that point. Yeah, I mean we were a bit late to the game, I suppose. So okay. What probably... about you, Funk? I'm trying to fix this. I wasn't even listening. <sighs> Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ, wow. Funk! It, this page was totally wrong on what convert does. Oh boy! I'll now we see where his priorities lie. Well, I this is why Funk is the hero and we're the zeros. What was your question? I was saying, does the game at 75 ZNM era before Wings of the Goddess or right when it launched, the stagnation, the peak that occurred of stagnation at that point, does that feel similar to what we have now with Odyssey and that Voracious Resurgence is like the Wings of the Goddess coming out? Well, I haven't done any Voracious Resurgence yet. I'm trying to do it all at once. I have, yeah, I haven't done either. It's, it's all at once for me. But... I want to do it, but I just want to have a good, good experience you know so i was waiting for more story to come out there's no content it's only story so it's not like with wings of the guys you could like run around everywhere but still yeah yeah but i do think that the whole odyssey grind now is pretty pretty boring i don't find it boring i'm happy to do it it's enjoyable because i'm getting to use my jobs in ways i've never been able to in the history of this game or the way they were i do like that aspect like summoner but the but... same thing over and over again though i mean well i mean once you cap bumbo which doesn't take too long you're going to fight the other ones. And I mean, if you cleared everyone, which maybe some people are getting close to doing at this point, if they're hardcore, but most people have not. And a lot of people, I'd say a majority of the players are still doing V0 clears and hoping to get some RP. I don't think most players are doing three tier amplifier farms. And if they are, it's they're still probably in the middle of it at best. But it just kind of feels outside of Odyssey. I think the game has hit like that ZNM 75 era stagnation again, which I haven't really felt for a long time. Like, obviously, because ZNMs were many, many years ago. I mean, I felt like that when uh, Dynamics Divergence was the old news. Like, Wave 3, when that was introduced, was amazing, was really fun for the first couple of weeks. Then, I know, it just was like one or two years of nothing but Dan uh, Dynamics and was super boring. Yeah, I do agree. I but... guess. That's right. From what we were supposed to receive, we were supposed to get nothing after Voracious or after um after Rhapsodies. We got so many things after that, so we have to be thankful for what we do have and that we still are getting content, even yeah. though it's I agree. I I don't really feel that way since we're still paying a sub. So I feel like they should well, keep updating the game. True. This is true. You're hundred percent. Well we have correct. things coming. We have Imperium plus two plus three coming. So whatever it is, it's yeah. gonna be it's not always I mean, enough. It's not like I'm going to walk away, but I can be very fair and admit that it's not enough. I mean, I feel like what we're currently getting is what uh, about what we should expect, considering we're still paying every month for the game. But yeah. uh, it's still an old game, so can't expect too much, especially since it's hard to develop for. 
I think it's a matter of finding happiness still. And if you can log on the game and do things that you enjoy and finding happiness and the the friends like, you know, Funk and Eric's and stuff and that kind of stuff, that's still the core of the game and what it provides and what it allows for. So, yeah, I mean, we've gone in this rabbit hole because I keep pushing it, unfortunately. But <laughs> I will say that, yeah, uh, there's all these valid points here. Of I'm just saying that, I mean, the sub fee would not be worth it if we're in full maintenance mode. To I be fair, to be fair, inflation since the sub fee has never changed. The the game is worth what forty percent less than it was back when I mean, it first yeah, came out. I certainly wouldn't be playing still if they hadn't added anything since then. Since since Rapid Cities, I would have finished what I set out to do originally. Uh, maybe got a few remas, finished all the stories and stuff like that, and I probably would have unsubbed. But now that they keep still keep adding stuff, I'm I'm still playing. Of course, I don't know. There's because, something there's something fun about just still being in the game and wandering around, and you know, getting reported and stuff like that. For you, perhaps. Yeah, there's it's still fun to just be in the game, though. So anyway, uh, Vajra, next weapon. You want to read that since it's your baby? Um, hold on. Are we doing the lore in game the first? Outline, or are we doing the the official lore first? The myriad of Balrin here. Did the myriad first? Okay. Vajra, forged from the meteoric iron during the foregone age of the Oldham civilization, this unworldly dagger is fabled to have been wielded by the war god Indra himself, thought to have been forever lost within the dark passage of time. It was eventually excavated from within an ancient shrine surviving deep inside the bowels of Idawa subterrane. The recent discovery of a minute, minute powering device embedded in the Hilt has sparked heated intellectual fervor among the Empire's alchemist community. Cool stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, it looks a lot like uh, what's your face's dagger from Adeline, doesn't it? Um. Oh, uh, RCLs. RCLs. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess it kind of looks like RCLs. What, what do they call that weapon that she has? God, there's so much fucking lore. Does it even have a name? I don't think it, it's... it does. It's like King Slayer, something weird like that. Oh. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's something mm. like that. It's not Kingslayer, I think, but it's some, it's some weird. I'm an Adeline dagger. Here's my entire, you know, world encompassing lore tied into one weapon kind of thing. And a thane, a thane, whatever it is. Yeah, I think it was tied to August in some way. It I was, yes, yes. I guess maybe that's why they called it the Kingslayer. I'm assuming that's what it's called. No, I, I can't Google I it right now. I just Kingslayer. I think it keeps... was a diff- I think it was a different name, but yeah, I think you are on the right. Maybe track I'm messing it. up uh, Game of Thrones and a disappointment still lowering, uh, lingering in my mind here of how horrible that was. But so the the outline here says weapon used by Indra, the god of thunder in Brahmansin in Hinduism. Indra is referred to as Tai Shakukten in the Chinese translation and is incorporated into Buddhism. Vajra is said to have been originally given to by Indra to defeat Vritra Vertra from a hermit, but in esoteric Buddhism, Buddhist teachings are used as a tool to destroy the worldly desires. Fuck yeah. Look at that description. <laughs> That's a description of a weapon you should be making right now and be almost homo- like hopefully done with the 75 version in the next three months of. I just hope you won't get the Merglice experience. Yeah, unfortunately. No, no, unfortunately not. So 75 cap. Oh man, I never had X's knife. I wanted it because I was a big thief at 75 and I just never got X's knife. Yeah, so it's basically like an X's yeah. knife, which has 10% critical hit damage that only works during sneak attack and trick attack and non-normal crits. It has lower base damage in DOT. <laughs> 
This weapon is not worth it at 75. All of its bonuses can only be gotten. X's knife, 10% crit and hit damage bonus. Blob Ulch, attack and accuracy 15. Magian daggers, Arthama and Dakini, etc. Today, question mark. And let me tell you, today it is a lot better. It was cool at 75, just it wasn't worth making at 75 for the effort. I think at 99, there was a point too where it was kind of worth making, but people kind of focused on other stuff like uh, Twashtar was the twat swatter, as we called it. Was the twat swatter? Yes, twat swatter was what I always called it. it was a, what? A, I never heard that before. Yes, twat. You never heard twat swatter? No. Oh, man. Twat swatter was the, the eye of everyone's, you know, the apple of everyone's eye there for Thief. So at, 70, at 119, it looks like it gives 30% critical attack bonus and 30% uh, trick attack bonus as well to trick attack and sneak attack. Yes, so sneak attack and trick attack are still a big major. You have to really kind of be focusing on paying attention to this part of Thief, which if you play Thief that way already, as I kind of try to, then it it suits the... It's built to the play style of Thief, unlike these other bullshit things like Convert. So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was just asking um, a question about 75, Kevin. Why was it not good back then with the Aftermath? Wouldn't it have... uh beaten most other stuff because of the well what i'm looking at here in this these two sentences here in this outline looks to me to be something that was taken from bg of someone who doesn't know shit saying something like x's knife and blood ultra really good so why should i make this fucking weapon which is very bg-esque and the way it's presented as being like a fact and looking down at at someone who wants to make that weapon because they don't want to make it and they don't have it therefore they want to look better for not having it very bg-esque back in the day so, it could have been because they didn't understand the aftermath as well. They're just going based off of the stats, not the aftermath. Okay, so yeah, back at 75, I don't know much, but I imagine this would have been a very good weapon to have at 75, especially before Twat Swatter came out. This would have been probably the best weapon you could have on Thief, honestly, besides be compete with Mandow, but... But the, wasn't Funko wrote that stuff about Exus Knife? <laughs> no, I got it from different look, different uh, resources. I didn't write it myself. So the way was, Thief was played back in the day where you would stand back and run into the sneak attack weapon skill on uh, Sub-Sam on like Dark Ixion or something, this weapon would have absolutely been the best you could use because sneak attack was the way many Thieves participated in content of just standing back and doing it or focusing on giving a stronger hate transfer with Trick Attack. So this weapon would have been obviously back at 75, really special, and most people did not have it because most people cared about other jobs, not Thief. So Yeah, Thief was just a TH whore, basically. Thief has always been a very niche job of weird people like myself who find something very appealing about a job like that, that even Fox can find nothing merit-worthy enough to play the job about. So This was yeah, also TPP before... Was before any store TP basically was the way to go as well. Yeah. So it was yeah. a different era back then. Yeah, you didn't have much back then. You did have Rosh's ring. Uh, but yeah, it, it, to this day, at a certain point, I had written very critically about Twashtar and the Thief Guide, and I have never chanted to this day because for all people need to know, that's still applicable. And I've written a big Reddit post at one point. I had posted in our Discord about the merits of each weapon whether it was the Ambuscade weapon or, you know, Vajra or Twashtar or Anus. And, you know, if someone had asked me critically, you know, they'd, been, they'd challenge me because I, I, I say basic things like use Anus, use this, that. They, they challenge me to actually explain why for a change. And I, I went like, I made this very long fucking post about it. But in my opinion, Vajra, since Odyssey's release, has become more of an important weapon for Thief because of how it can be applied. In Odyssey, you're more likely to be 
not attack capped. You can't take it for granted like you can Ambuscade and other content we've had for many years. And you need to be playing more defensively. You can't run around your glass cannon sets like you always have on Thief. So combining those two factors of Mindlick Stab, not only having the only fusion property for Thief, which is nice and important for damage, and on top of the sneak attack trick attack bonus, but it's a big attack bonus that you need when you're attack starved on Thief in general, strength starved, etc., and you're underbuffed, or you need to fight in a defensive set, which wearing full malignant suits itself nicer to Vajra overall than your glass cannon set you can no longer take for granted as you had in the past. Vajra becomes a very nice stylistic change weapon that suits itself perfectly to the situations you'll encounter yourself in Odyssey in, where even if you're not able to maintain full aftermath, you can be in a situation where using Mendelik's Stab could be advantageous to you. Not that you wouldn't still stack Rudra Storm in your sneak attack, especially if you're able to skill chain, etc. That goes without saying. But the weapon skill with R15 Vajra becomes noteworthy and an absolute utility in the box of Thief if you take the job seriously enough to use. That the weapon isn't something people talk about or make, but it's why I'm making the weapon because Full Malignance and Odyssey or just in future content, or in general, maybe in the Ambuscade, etc., is very nice for a job if you take it seriously enough that you want to make it. And most people don't, but Thief is really cool. So that's my my spiel about Thief. Yeah, it also has to be said, it's a very lock stylistic choice. It's a big dagger. It's fucking huge. And it looks pretty nice. The uh, jewels and stuff are very nice. Before Twat Swatter, it was the biggest dagger. It's like a pie server? <laughs> Twashtar is the pie server, yes. So you mentioned Mandelic Stab's good for skill chains. I think that's... Yeah, fusion is, is a property that gets talked about often on the podcast as a uh, underutilized or underavailable skill chain property. And it's it just, you know, the weapon skill in general giving an attack bonus while having similar... And it's the same gear build as, as, as Rudra Storm, essentially. So, uh, you know, you're not changing anything against Thief to be able to utilize this weapon. And, you know, the bonus of Mythic there gives it a nice boost that if you were attack starved and say wave three on thief and you were there because hey who needs th we need th uh it would be a thing to utilize in that case so understanding mechanics and understanding vajra go hand in hand and the better you understand mechanics and the more you enjoy thief and the two combined the more you can utilize this weapon but most people on a guide know i would talk shit about vajra and not recommend it because everyone's going to go out and say Hi, I'm Prior Chemist 3037, and why am I not doing better damage with this Vajra? I'm very confused. I spent all of my credit card on this, and I don't understand why I'm not doing better damage. So, yes, that is that is why certain things are phrased certain ways that I do. Next one. Well, <laughs> okay, next. <laughs> next next weapon. <laughs> Basically covered everything. Uh, I, that, I, I figured that was the most comprehensive weapon that had to be covered. Yeah, for sure. Eric's can do Kim Konkin. Can I, though? Uh, I hope Conk, you can. You want to... Funk, do you want to Bert? Birdie gang. I'll do the in-game Bert. You can do the real life. How about that? Sure. All right. Bert Gang is next. This was once the longsword of the celebrated knight, a fallen C. Marriard, who is still often championed as the very embodiment of chivalry itself. Some say that on one memorable occasion, in an attempt to prove his unflinching loyalty and goodwill to his liege during a training bout, he intentionally sundered the blade. At present, however, the blade shows no sign of scar or of having been broken or remade. You know, I think Martel could have read that a little better. I'm sure he could have. He probably says it in his sleep. <laughs> well, probably his baby. 
just like Vajra's yours. Hey, um, not my first mythic Tizona was, and not my second mythic. The one I'd always dreamed of making, Kinkonkin, was the one I, from the first, you know, the creation of mythics, Kinkonkin was the one I always wanted to make. And just putting that weapon on today, after all the anticipation and all the all the expectations and all the hopes and dreams, Kinkonkin, doesn't matter if he's not the best weapon in the game I could use at that point, just putting it on or lock style it, it, it feels really good to finally have it. It was a, It was a big thing from a guy whose first job was Pup like yeah, you know, thir- 13 years ago it's just it just there's something mentally satisfying about having king Konkin after many many years yeah it was my first one as well like back in the 75 cap i did all the prerequisites for mythics but i couldn't afford all, ex- all the alexandroids so i ended up quitting the game before i could actually finish my weapon because i had literally everything except the alexandroid so when i came back in 2017 i just farmed that spammed a lot of salvage and finally finished my dream so so when uh, do, when do germans quit because it sounds like you quit a lot i'm a quitter what can i say so i quit around 2011 around uh hero no it scars of abyssia uh i came back for like right before the launch of adelin and then i quit uh shortly after delve was introduced and then i came back in 17 so do you uh, want to read the Bertgang lore here in the in the outline I don't, but I'll do it anyway. Yeah, do it. Come on. The sword is wielded by a character named Jamie who appears in the legend of Dietrich, Dietrich or Jaime, uh, depending on the accent or his language. Uh, legend of Dietrich, a medieval Germ- uh, Germanic heroic legend. It broke during a single combat with a Slater Lord, Dietrich von Bern. This is a direct reference to the lore that uh, Skrinix gave us about the sword. Jaime was given the Nagel Ring after the Burt Gang was asundered. Oh, the sword that eventually became all-consuming. Although, Nagel Ring, is that the great sword you get in ZNM uh, uh, from the... Yeah, the, from Godoza. Yeah, Godoza, the Mamal Jaw in Bafla Thickets. Yeah, yeah. it's not Nagling. Yeah, unfortunately. It's probably like, like a different spelling of the same kind of weapon. Yeah, it? it's the yeah, same probably. thing. Maybe, who knows. Essie abusing words to make more items in this game for us. So, 75 cap. Atonement was pretty broken back then. That's what we touched on earlier. It was also easy to tell how high of enemy you had with the weapon skill. I think it was the first item with PDT2 on it. Correct. As far as I know. And it had the best stats. When all the stats released, this was like the oogling eye-opening weapon of all the mythics because no one knew what the aftermath was at the time. It was the most fap-worthy of all the weapons. <laughs> the most cream-worthy fap-worthy. The proof yeah, is I mean, in the pudding of cream. You better make this an adult uh, video. Uh, aren't all the fucking videos we do? Yeah. Sure are. So, Paladin back in the day uh, had a bit of trouble competing with Ninja Sub Dark Knight. They was, those were pretty oppressive. It seems because, like a theme that's repeated. Yeah. I mean, Burt Gang was a real game changer when a Paladin got it because of the PvE 2 enmity and torment. I mean... But most did not can, have it. You could not really find one. They were talked well, about extensively if you could find one. Yeah, it was basically Square Enix's attempt to fix the job like they sometimes <laughs> do. <laughs> and even now today, it's only usable with certain... It's only ideal, not usable. It's only ideal with certain shield combination situations. It's not like a... Yeah. Not an all-time weapon for how many people use it that way. I'm sure Fox would agree if he was here. Oh, Fox. We miss you, Fox. You'll always be in our dreams. In our, in our hearts. The, the pun danger says so. <laughs> so at 75, the total amount of attributes absorbed is... Oh, it's Liberator. Whoops. 
Whoops. Today, besting class server paladin not required, but makes life easier. Yeah, uh, Fox, uh, for all the times he talked about it in the, in the prior episodes, I can recall, likes to use it with O-Chain that you don't have to use too often. Um, or Aegis, although he said he likes to build a counter build with Aegis. So I don't recall if he uses... He's going to kill me. Excalibur or... I think, no, he uses Burt Gang with his Aegis because he had said that he needs to make the counter build to give himself a little more, and therefore he needs something to actually cover for his build, and then he would use that. Uh, but Martell is a big O-Chain and Burt Gang guy. I don't know if that's still the case. It had been a while ago. Oh, oh, someone bothered Martell. See if we can get him on the horn here. Have him call in? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go quiet for a second. Let me see if I can get Martell here. Well, I'll go on a story then. I just won a cat's eye in this last bonanza, so I think uh, Burt Gang me? is what I'm going to make. Do you even play Paladin, bro? No, but I'm going to. I I'm a new paladin. Uh, rank two, so I picked a cat's eye. That's, that's Ooh, the best nice. weapon you pick for rank two. I mean, what else could you really pick? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of the shamash robe, but I'm like, if a mule wins in the future, I can deliver that to my you own character. You get that from Why fucking the mantrove. You can't get a cat's eye. Yeah. Bodies drop pretty often. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to do paladin as my next job because I don't have a tank job yet. So more of a stealth. Because I helped my friend make a mythic and I have everything else done. All I need is the Alexandrite. So I got to turn that in and I'm. Wham, bam, done. I mean, Paladin is a pretty awesome job to play currently. They yeah, it's all the changes. Yeah, healing and shit. Really fix it up. It's the, uh, I mean, uh, really fits in, into the content style of Odyssey. So I hope that'll last for the future as well. Once they add more stuff. So I'm looking at the 11th Vandal census, which was in 2012. I'm checking to see how many. How many um I have roused the Martell. Oh, oh, we have definitely roused the Martell. Hey Martell. Hey there. So we're Hello. discussing Burt Gong here. And we figured who else could describe Burt Gong better, with Fox not here for this episode. Besides Martell, who is, as I recall, I don't I said it, I don't know if it's changed over the months or whatnot, but you were partial to Burt Gong and O Chain. Yes, those are definitely my primaries. Was there any specific aspect you were looking at, or do you want just a general overview of the weapon? I, you know, you know, today we have uh, it was the outline. Outline today just says best in class sword for paladin, not required, but makes life easier. So we need uh, the today's view of the Burt Gang. I was I was saying Fox is less big on Burt Gang than you are. I'm definitely more of a proponent of it, but it may be a, a we may differ in our focus slightly. Yes, he's he's very unique. In a good way. I mean, especially after the augment changes and the way that they've enhanced uh, how atonement works. If you just want to, like, just melee the mob, AM3 TP it, and just spam atonement, this is entirely viable now. And that's a, that's another fun way to tank. Um, and before or if there's 15, MP problems, before F15, that was a thing, right? It was way back when. But not as much. And then it was still something to supplement with. But the key issue there, in fact, Technically, um, okay, change of timeline. At 75, it was amazing because damage enmity was the best, right? It was, you got more enmity for dealing damage than anything else. If you could hurt something, you could piss it off really bad. Yeah, because Spirits Within was prior, right? Yeah, it was It was much better back then. And then things changed and damage scaled up a ton and atonement scaled a little bit. <laughs> so you've got like, you know, a, a maybe 2k atonement if you've got all sorts of gear on it and people are busting out 50 to 99k weapon skills, your atonement does nothing. So they added the atonement augment, which was completely, utterly useless when first added, because it enhanced atonement enmity, 
And it did the same thing it does now. It, it uh, enhanced the enmity modifier uh, that scales with TP by one when it's fully augmented. So it, it's got a one FTP for enmity to start, so it gets the full value at 1,000 TP, and then at 3K, it's a two, so it doubles, basically. The augment makes it it's doubled at 1K TP because it adds a plus one to that value. But at that point, it was useless because it was doubling your 1,700 damage, which is basically nothing on a high-level monster. Once SE changed Atonement to a static enmity value, we went from it doing basically nothing to it being significant. Like, it's more enmity VE and CE-wise than Flash. Like, a lot more now. And of course, you can stack your regular enmity gear on top of that. Um, but until they changed that from damage enmity to static enmity, the augment was kind of pointless. So they fixed that after the fact by changing how atonement functioned. So the atonement is still good without the weapon? It is, because they've changed how it's, it functions by default. It's just not as impressive. Like, if you want to compare spamming spells to spamming atonement, because those things detract from each other. If you cast a spell, your TP cycle stops. You stop hitting the mob while you're casting. And there's uh, like two seconds or three seconds after you finish casting where you can't melee again. So they don't actually mix very well. Um, but if you focus on one or the other, let's see how to put it. Before the augment, I would fairly confidently say that you could get more enmity just spamming spells as long as you have enough haste and MP to keep up spamming them. Just blue spells, flash. Uh, blank gaze, any AoEs in Jedatura. You'd have more out of that. With the augment, it's kind of up in the air, and in fact, Atonement Spam might actually be better optimal, depending on how good your buffs are. Um, it's still a good thing, but you wouldn't probably focus exclusively on Like, if you're unaugmented, or you don't have Bird Gang, you'd use Atonement as a supplementary thing. You're getting hit, you're getting TP, you throw in an Atonement here and there, and you spam your spells. With the augment, you could focus entirely on it and potentially get more enmity out of it. And spend less time swapping to defensively inferior casting gear because Sakpatas and all our newer stuff doesn't have any enmity plus on it. You still have to swap into it for weapon skill, but that's a shorter time frame than when you're constantly casting. You like live in your casting gear if you're blue sub and spamming spells. So if you didn't have a Burt Gang, what would be like the alternative Paladin Sword for today's endgame? The enmity Sinister Rain one? Brilliance is a really good option, especially if you've got it fully augmented. Um, it is the second highest enmity sword. So if you're if you're wanting to just get hate, it's good on that front. It's also got DT on it and shield skill and um, a couple of DD stats. I haven't actually checked how it is in terms of DPS, but if you want damage, you'll probably just go Nagla. Um, but tanking and maintaining hate, it's definitely a very good sword. The Works well with next one, right? one down after that, I think I'd suggest a Nixer, just because it has uh, tanky stats on it. But I think Brilliance is better in most cases than Nixer. It's just you're going to get to do a lot of the RNG challenge to get one and then get it augmented decently. So Nixer is easier on that front. Yeah, I had no idea about the enmity on but the tournament on that sword. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, and then you have, there's the fact Burking itself has the highest enmity value you can get a, on a weapon on it, so you have to factor that into what it's gating you as well. It says on BG, the atonement enmity plus 100 from R15 is not actually any form of enmity plus instead of being a modifier to atonement's FTP, which translates into plus one to FTP. Yep, so effectively, that that so atonement has the CE and VE values, right? You've got 300 and 900, if I recall correctly. So that's base. And at 1,000 TP, you get times one, so it stays the same. At 3k TP, you get times two, so they both double. So you're at 1600, 1800, right? Or sorry, 600, 1800. 
But with the augment, your 1k TP value for enmity is the same as 3k TP was before. Which is better than foil, by far. It's Several very foils. significant. Now, yeah. you have to get TP fast enough to do that, and foil works on all mobs on your hate list. Atonement works on one mob. True. And that's the, the biggest problem there. But Atonement being the way it is now, and if you have good buffs, if, especially if you're getting like cores with Samroll, or if things are feeding you TP, if you've got ads feeding you TP and you can Atonement spam really fast, then Paladin can reach very significant enemy generation levels um, when focusing on a single target. But when do you get to focus on a single target? Especially if you have if you add, if you have ads feeding you TP, there is more than one target, so you've got other things to keep hate on. So you need to cast. Oh, Martel, we've missed you, or I've missed you, especially. Yeah, we wouldn't have been able to cover it with all you here for sure. <laughs> and the worst thing is, we're only seven weapons out of twenty. Uh, it's gonna be a long episode, huh? Yeah, uh, I don't know. We might have to do two parts here. No, 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 no. What do you mean? No, 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 no. no. You're not cutting me off again. <laughs> I'm not cutting I you struggle off. Struggle to to pull the things out of the air, but if you have questions, I can answer those. No, is there no. Is anything else on Bird Gang you want to cover? No, I think you covered, we covered the lore and we talked about it, and I mentioned Fox, and I'm like, let's see if we can get Martel to make a cameo here because, you know, it'd be very, he'd be the authority on Bert Gang, so. Yeah. At least um, you didn't steal him out of a d- other uh, voice channel, like Beastmaster. <laughs> yeah, so one time Beastmaster is in a different channel, just alone for whatever reason, so I dragged him into the podcast chat he couldn't see because he's not part of the podcast here, and uh, he, he became part of the show, and you did not, so he was making a, a joke of that. Ah, I see. Um, I hope you weren't busy, I just sent the tell oh, not no. knowing I was were. literally sitting here doing a whole lot of nothing, so... Well, that's good. This, this was perfectly fine. I I, uh, I don't mind contributing to the paladinly things, and Burking is like my favorite sword of the game, so... Love to blab about it, and I did the testing to figure out what the augment Enmity Plus meant, so it's something I feel I'm qualified to talk about and don't mind sharing on it. So, what can you tell us about Carwenhan? Mm, very little. I believe it translates to the Little White Hilt, and it was a dagger of King Arthur in the Walsh Arthurian legends, and was sometimes was attributed to Wit... Hold on, Funk, what did you write here? Wit magical power. W-I-T-H-M-A... With magical power. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Misplaced. But didn't you skip over, like, two other ones? You skipped ones? over Aimer and Liberator. What are you doing? I <laughs> just skipped... Uh, Aimer has... End the, the podcast. There isn't... <laughs> I, He's we, trying to escape. We Don't have 13 away. weapons left, and we're almost three hours well, in. Let's get out. Let's get to it. I mean, yeah, let's just do a two-parter, perhaps. I, we can do like uh, up to Limerick and Aimer, and then continue off next week. This will have to be a two-parter. There's no way. Yeah. Even ga- even for Gastrophy, it says Carrot has it? Question mark. Carrot is also eating on my fridge again. No way. Jesus. Well, Carrot's making an episode longer. <laughs> what are you eating now? Are those tomatoes? So... <laughs> We are experiencing technical <laughs> difficulties. So we're on Liberator now, which no one here has a Liberator. I'm really close to finishing mine. Are you making one? Oh, okay. Tell yeah. us about it then. Let me throw well, out why don't we talk about the lore first? What was that, Martel? Let me throw out a tiny note about Carnwin Hand while we're still in that vicinity. Um, if you ever looked at the model of it really closely, it looks like a tiny bird gang. Does it? It's like an Excalibur. It's really on. pretty. Let me, let me look this up. Or was it more like Excalibur? I, I'm Excalibur. Now, but I know that it it has, holds a great resemblance to one of the other major swords. It looks like a tiny paladin weapon, is all Martel thinks about. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks also... like a small bird gang to me, honestly. Same color scheme, 
Well, I want to say Excalibur because it also ties into the lore of it. It kind of doesn't look like any of those to me. Maybe Excal. Now I've got to get all 10 of you are open. <laughs> Have we just we pulled up be... the Myriad Arms of Balrin on BG? I mean, shape-wise, it's more closer to Excalibur, but the uh, coloring... It's kind of like uh, a mini Burkgang, actually, when I look at... I, yeah, I'm, cl- I'm clicking back and forth a lot here. So are we doing Liberator or are we doing Cardinal? We're doing Liberator. Go ahead and right, move so. on. <laughs> Martell is now part of the episode. I, I might escape at some point, but... We'll do up the Karn and stop, because there'll be ten weapons left, and we've done... All right. Yeah, we we can't... So, Liberator. For how long we've gone, it'll be a six-hour episode, and we got to respect the listener's time here. We cannot, you know... Well, some people like these long ones, you and, know? And, and Carrot's yelling, I'm hungry. Yeah, Sveden has rides. said... Sveden has said he's upset we're not respecting his time by making it a six-hour thing for his drive back and forth. Yes, Sveden was with us today. Yes, yes. The only person's requested it. So if, for those people who are not sending their messages in and not emailing, we don't know what you feel. So you better start commenting so we know what you feel. That's so, why they totally called it about the episode length. <laughs> and the worst thing is you're like, I don't have much time. I just got to do it early with you guys. So we did it early and now... <laughs> now I can you imagine if we had only started now? I would be... Uh, like, yeah, you'd, you'd be, be dragging. You'd be dead. I, 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 mean, I knew... I knew like, there's, no, there's been no episode we've done that's been less than three hours in the longest time. So I'll read Liberator here on the actual SE lore here. Liberator. Unorthodox by any assessment. This... By Furicet Scythe bears a name representative of its, of its significant role in history. Shut up, Carrot. Balrin's heroic efforts to quell the rebellions in the South are now a topic of common knowledge. It was on those campaigns that he directly encountered the leader of the insurgency known to the age simply as Koja, to whom this Scythe originally belonged to. I like so. how you added that too at the end. Well, it made sense to say the two. Originally I mean, belonged, that, belonged to. So I said it belonged to. To whom the scythe belonged. That's already radically correct. Yeah, but to whom the scythe originally belonged to. There you go. So as far as the real I life... I tell you're American. <laughs> that's American. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. So, so as far as the real life lore, just like Conqueror, there's no particular meaning of it. Maybe referring to the way of life of Kosha, which are yoga disciplines. I don't know what a yoga discipline is besides downward dog. Well, the whole weapon skill's name insurgency it kind of ties into the lore and as he gave us then. Well, they didn't name the weapon skill downward dog, so I have no idea what it is. Right, so well, I don't have any experience with it. Does can, anybody can else? Can you explain yoga disciplines to me? It's already a three-hour episode, right? I, I don't know what a yoga discipline is. I, I really don't know, so. Well, Google exists. Well, it's been three hours. We've got time to Google yoga disciplines. Rude. I didn't research it enough, I guess. <laughs> Rude. I didn't anticipate this question. So at 75, we have here, the total amount of attributes absorbed is raised from 18 to 21. If you own the black quizzes, the absorbed spell augments do not stack, which sounds disappointing. So I obviously didn't have it at 75 cap, but um, Insurgency was pretty decent back then. And with the Aftermath, I can imagine it was actually a pretty solid weapon. Even if it was really... It's a guillotine, and then now you have insurgency, so I could see that being better. Guillotine. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically a guillotine that was also uh, boosted by this weapon, or paired with the weapon, so it was pretty solid, as I said. So it also... Uh, go on. No, please. No, you, you, you go. You go. It was, I was going to read the next thing. I was going to continue, continue to eye levels, but if you had... I didn't know you were continuing, so just continue, sorry. I need to like build a thing on my screen that has your light pop up, so I stop. 
I mean, if you had anything else to say about 75 cap? No, I mean, you didn't really see it at 75. Uh, I saw maybe a couple times before 99, someone had one, but it was like maybe they were a Galka and they were a serious Dark Knight, like in the lore. So otherwise, you didn't really see it. People build Ragnarok or, you know, Calibog or something else. You, you would, like Even to this day, Liberator is not as common. I think perhaps Liberator today is more important now at 99 than it was at 75 but that's just my uninformed opinion oh but i, I think like aftermath with the oa2 uh occasion attacks twice was pretty significant at 75 cap since we didn't have any sort of real multi-attack gear so it was probably pretty game-breaking did the bahamut scythe yeah, yeah but who just... used that i'd really love these stems and kraken club uh Solider spam yeah, but uh, all those uh, OAT weapons back then had like no base damage, and this was a full base damage weapon. Yeah, it did have a lot more damage. So anyway, nowadays, um, it uh, doesn't actually um, like you can't really compare to Apocalypse, um, which is like the note here. Uh, Apoc better due to J haste, which is um, a com complete different uh, use case, um, which is for last Correct. resort down. Um, Liberator nowadays competes with Calibolg because if you gear it right, um, Insurgency actually does really, really good damage that uh, uh, gets close to um, Torque Cleaver. Um, so if you can't make slight skill chains, for example, you are, or, or if you uh, can you make use of the Absorb because Drain doesn't really, really work, then you can really make, uh, put out some very solid damage with it. Because it's PP3 is crazy. So I look over and Carrot is cut up my butts, uh, my buffalo mozzarella and is putting it on toast. Yeah, butts. She's cut up my buffalo mozzarella now and she's putting it on toast. And I, I you know, things are getting out of hand over here. So compared to the 20% potency and 75 cap to now we have 50% potency on it. Yeah, we really kind of need to pair it with um, Dark Seal and um, Nether Void. But it's, really a, it's a big difference, too, especially in these Odyssey fights now. And as everything keeps going to be Odyssey because of the content, in Odyssey, having these abilities to drain these mob stats are actually very significant for capping yeah. F-strength and things like that. But mainly a lot of stuff is um, dark-resistant Odyssey. So you might be able to land an um, like an absorber attribute thing. Not, like not the, We're talking the bosses. Thingy. Well, yeah, that too. But generally, Drain does not work very well in Odyssey, so this is like the a really good alternative. And I feel, based on the gear and things they've done lately uh, over the past few years, that Scythe weapon skills are in a big, uh, or not a big, but in a better position than they've been in the past by far. So Liberator yep. is is coming. Like like there's the actual guide in auction house, swing and a miss, a guide to Liberator, I believe it's called. So the fact that that threat even exists. Uh, or was ever made means that there is merit. We're not, we don't have a serious Dark Knight here to talk about it, but there's merit. It's probably very Vajra-esque, I'd imagine, to Dark Knight and the way you can apply it in mid-situation or the way you play the job or how it changes it, that Liberator is worth making, but you have to, as all things in this game, be into that job to, to do it. So, I mean, when they when they raised the PDF cap for a Scythe, that really made a huge difference for Liberator. Really pushed it uh, close to um, Calibolg, and um, Dark Knight TP speed is not great, not like Warrior anyway. So the uh, AM3 is actually quite significant. 
since you can um, gear up for a lot of store TP and you don't really have any double attack traits or anything to worry about that might uh, interfere. So um, very solid weapon overall, which is also the reason why I'm uh, planning to make it I'm pretty close to finishing. I think I, I really, I think I really only need to hand in like about 2,000 more Alexandroid, and then I'm good to start on trials. I have all the Beitetsu as well. So, in our last two weapons here, we have, okay, Martel posted a picture here as I'm saying this. Okay, while well, Karn's model is definitely more like Excal than Burt's, has the bluish inlay in common, and he's posted in our podcast chat at uh, 9.29. If it's possible to do a visible visual on that, I would, but, I mean, it's a podcast. Yeah, it looks like Excal. It's a mini Excal. It, it, it does, and I don't know why so, I said Bird Gang. Looking at it, that's very clear. It's been a long time since I looked at uh, at Carnwood Hand, though. I, I just was remember looking... thinking, this looks just like that one sword, and somehow I transposed that onto Bird Gang. I was looking at the washed-out black-and-white myriad arms of uh, Balrun here that made the... No color, huh? Yeah, there's no color. It's like washed-out. And if, if that were can. gray, it would... Because Bird Gang also has that center yes. inlay with yes. the white edges. But you, there's this blue with the gold bit in the center, and Excalibur has the same thing. It's a mini Excalibur. There's, there's no... It, yeah. When you look it's, at the green image you posted. Perfectly so, but it is it, it holds to the same theme as the weapon does. This makes a lot of sense, given, given the uh, real-life lore. lore aspects. Yeah. you know Because it's a paired weapon with um, Excalibur and Rogamiant. For all the shit we give SC, we clearly don't give enough credit for tying these niche things into the very... Like, they're more concerned with tying lore of weapons into each other than they actually are with balancing jobs or, or content. But that's that's fine, you know? You know? I love the lore stat, but pay a little attention to the stats on things. So the Emer next. I think that's you, Mr. Beastmaster. You're a Beastmaster, Ooh. right? Yeah, I have Aimer. I just don't have it after Glowed. Kind of stopped using it and stopped with Beast. Wow. I'm like, I'm like 2015, 2016 Beast. I haven't touched it. But anyways, the SC lore. This axe, fashioned for the finest dark steel, bears the inlay of a majestic golden wave, modeled after the kingdom of Emphrad's royal insignia. The name allegedly derives from ancient source and is symbolic of the inexplicable powers of influence the weapon seems to exert over others. It is said that the legendary Admiral Vidal forged the axe in an attempt to harness the power of the mighty Leviathan. We keep mentioning Eric's friend over and over again, but I also feel like this is somewhat of a uh, an ad, like a homage to Guttler there with the um, what does it say? Influence the weapon seems to exert over others. I mean, I, I think, think that just refers to the TP models that the weapon gives to be, uh, pets. Yeah, it's, it's just pets. Okay, well, it just seemed like kind of like like uh, in Wings of the Goddess, the Mithra Beastmaster that yells at Guttler because it talks to them or something. Oh, yeah. Covered it in the Relic episode. But we talked about the lore as far as the Agresh goes earlier in the episode about how this was the other, the yeah. other axe. Which is pretty much the only thing that the notes say. Yeah, there's nothing. I couldn't find anything else about it. But 75 capped, when geared properly, Primal Rend is more consistent than Rampage, but this axe doesn't really help it. Oh, Primal well, Rend, weapons I go frequency, that. but... 75 cap? Actually, at 75 cap, with the shorter aftermath duration, yeah. and the time to get 3k TP, Mythics had a hard time back then. The yeah. buffs to aftermath, especially duration, meant a lot for their usability. They were buffed a couple times too. Was it eighty to ninety, and then like ninety five, ninety nine were buffed again? I'd have to look at the 
Let me pull the wiki one. record. I know there, there were definitely multiple buffs, and I don't know if the duration was only buffed once or twice, but they buffed it in, in different ways at different level increases. But the whole point of the axe was to assist your pets, but no one really had jug pets back then, and maybe if you did, they weren't that powerful. Okay, so at level 75, level 1 aftermath, 60 seconds, 293, 120, and unusual weapons, which were Tizona, Kinkonkin, Murglis, Yagrush, Karnwan, Nirvana, and Tupsamati receive a long level 1 and 2 aftermath of apparently 180 seconds based on this graph. Uh, level 80 to 90, it was 60, um, 90 seconds to the 60, 120, so they added 30 seconds to everything. And the unusuals became 270 seconds instead of 180. And at 95 to now today, it... The potency increase and like the 08, potency to increase, but the duration did not increase. Yeah, apparently. That, was, that was huge too. The potency, yes. Uh, the duration. Because Mythics struggled for all the... Like, I remember all these years of Mythic updates. It was a long time over the, over the course of these years that they would update them. Because they were kind of like not taken seriously or kind of like, eh, kind of like they are today with niche. Carrots waving, what? My reduced... Bal- the balsamic glaze is over on the counter. The uh, Mythics uh, standing, so to speak, has kind of gone up and down over the years. Like, there were a lot of at 75 that just, like, Aftermath wasn't that great. And then at 99, like, as they first went up, some of them were really good. Like, Runahigate was ridiculous. Like, amazingly ridiculous. And then after the Adeline period started, and, I mean, once they actually bothered to update Rima at all, after trying to replace them entirely, they kind of phased them out by uh, moving the goalposts around them until they weren't that good anymore. Um, and, of course, giving them crappy upgrades as level increases, uh, eye level increases and so on went by. Um, if anyone recalls the multiple times that Rima had been upgraded, like they didn't give Mythics as much damage increase as the other categories. And then it was only on the augmenting phase where Mythics got more damage than everything else that helped catch them up a little bit. Yeah, I remember that. Like, if you ever look at Epiola Tree, the damage augment on it is ridiculous. It's huge. Um, whereas, like, Aeonix and so on have relatively small damage increases, but that's because they weren't so far behind because SE wasn't so afraid of them being overpowered. It's kind of odd, too, because the way they rebalanced them at the time they made them rebalance was pretty accurate. Overall, uh, you know, Maso Menace, there's, you know, some things didn't make the most sense, but overall, everyone agreed it was like they had balanced it appropriately, Mythic's getting more base damage, etc. But as time goes on, it also still feels like it's still, the more time goes on, the less balanced it becomes. It's really a really hard act to balance. Part of the issue, I guess the main issue really, is just the way AM3 works, how it doesn't play nice with regular multi-attack. Because if it did, it would just stack right on there, and then you'd, you'd be sitting at like cap double attack and a good chunk of triple attack or something but since it Conqueror. doesn't the more multi-hit uh, yeah exactly the more multi-hit you get access to the less mystic mythic aftermath does and as the background multi-hit level <laughs> goes up and up and up from more and more gear more buffs etc it mitigates what am3 is able to offer and am3 is a burden to maintain it can be a huge pain in the ass with the exception of one or two jobs like samurai and dragoon for example can deal with aftermath pretty easily generally i'll um, say in odyssey i stopped using to zona for the most part unless i run an mp because i need to switch the club and other things in there so i'll use nagling and yep. just savage blade and then when i have like uh lamia or something cop i'd switch the club and there's no sense of losing am at that point for a losing aftermath yeah. and then waiting for 3k tp again and back and forth and back and forth every mob type it 
it can be a huge pain. And if you're weapon swapping, it make, it gets even worse. And if I'm not caring, I don't need the MP. Yeah, go on, sorry. No, I will call me crazy, but I think uh, Aftermath 3 should be boosted to five minutes at this point. Uh, just, yeah, uh, that'd be reasonable. It, it is too much of a burden to always um, store up TP and then wait for it to wear off or and try to catch up with TP once I mean, it's worn off and you're not at the right amount. It's not as big I as a buff as it was. I think you should just be able to override it. If, yeah. if you just like if 3k TP weapon skill would overwrite AM3 and refresh the duration, a lot of the problem would be mitigated. That that's be you could nice too because doesn't weapon skill again when you need to. Doesn't AM2 overwrite AM2 or is it only AM1 for Imperials? Uh the higher tiers can overwrite the lower. AM1 okay. can overwrite itself. Okay, you're right. Okay. AM2 can overwrite 1 and 3 can overwrite 2. I don't know if 2 will overwrite itself specifically. I haven't I, tried I don't that. think like, it AM3 can't oh, overwrite yeah, AM3 and that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> So, doesn't wear off before you reapply it. It gives sucks. an advantage to Empyrean weapons, too, because AM1 makes more sense to constantly maintain. So for Twashtar, Almace, and stuff, the reason I've been enjoying Almace as well for Sword and Odyssey is because I can just overwrite AM1, and it's fine. It, I get the benefit, and I get most of the bonus that yeah, I need just, to. Just maintain it at the basic level. But Mythic, don't have no. To. Mythic is yeah. junk at that point. Yeah, the Mythics just can't compete at all unless you use AM3, and AM3 is just... But at the same time, they're great for their own individual reasons. Like Tizona, besides MP, is really nice for the after, you know, math of all these. Yeah, Tizona is great because expiation is amazing, though. Well, it's not amazing compared to Nagling Savage Blade. It's just very nice to have that with multi-attack on a single-wielding weapon because a lot of the problem multi-hit for Conqueror or Liberator and stuff like that is you, the offhand weapon still gains that benefit, so you're still getting... You're, the, the the returns are not as diminished as uh, you know as much as you would be if you were using apple tree or something like that. You get the extra multi attack benefits. It's not as a much of a hindrance as it would be for warrior or dragoon or something. But I mean, this was probably more relevant during Dynamics because of the repeated weapon skill penalties. But um, I saw a lot of expiations hitting harder than savages back then. Oh, it certainly can. It's just for overall. Yeah, it's not yeah. dramatically ahead. Nagling does have too many things going for it, unfortunately, to really dethrone it. The uh, Savage Blade Kingdom. Yeah, it has a higher. If I want it, I want to look it up first before I say it has a higher FTP than than XP. But I know they're similar. I think Expiation needs the multi-attack proc to actually get close to Savage. Yeah, it's three point essentially eight and nine point three at two K and twelve. 2k almost 12.1k 3k savage blade but considering you're talking about mythic you have to keep the mythic weapon skill bonus and the augment bonus uh in mind uh you can apply nagling's savage blade multiplier but that's 15 percent versus the basically 50 percent uh from combined or the multiplicative uh, weapon skill damage plus and augment weapon skill damage plus i don't think yeah, the but... base damage between nagling and tizona is going to matter too much but expiation is expiation uh, the difference is 30 strength 30 int 20 dex as a mod with a 0.2 lower one percent and it's 9.4 for 2k for savage blade it's 10.3 essentially you get almost a one percent one point uh, 1.0 more t uh ftp for 2k but the mods are 50 percent strength in mind so savage blade has more going for it than xp and i see that when i use it in odyssey Plus the attack bonus on Nakling also makes it Yeah, difference. the attack bonus can make sure you can even use the Krepskill or Pebble or stuff on blue, and which which helps. And for 3k, it's it's pretty much another 1 again almost. It's 0.9. Is it 0.1? It's 12.2 versus 
uh, 13.8 almost, 13.75. So it's it's more than one. It's one and a half. So 3k even is, is a higher bonus. And with the hun- the 1k TP bonus weapon you use on blue, it's... Not that blue is the only one using Savage Blade here. Warrior and stuff uses it too. <clears throat> but it's... XP is nice, but that you have to have R15 to carry that. Really there. The difference between the... Savage Blade is a better, you know, base to work with here. Yeah, and you also have to be doing content where you can maintain the aftermath. And really, in Odyssey, I don't feel like I maintain the aftermath appropriately. It's kind of like running around incursion. No. Any any sort of yeah. nomadic content where you're running around constantly and you're spending as much time traveling as you are fighting is not conductive to good AM3 maintenance. Um, it's one thing if you have an ability like Meditate for Sam where you can just use it and you'll have 3k TP by the time you get where you're going, or on, you're on Dragoon and you'll just dump a couple of jumps on the mob and have 3k TP then you can work from there. But other jobs have to, like, God, aim three on Paladin can be a damn nightmare. Which is kind of why I've moved to Almace again on Blue and Odyssey, because with Skill Chain Bonus, if I kill a mob in two CDCs versus doing 90 or 80% of a mob in one XP or Savage Blade, another one to finish it off, or, you know, because you would have TP before, the mobs are like 10% at that point. Does it make any difference versus just using Almace and having more white damage and, and hitting other people's mobs and TPing on one mob and weapons going another, it kind of, you know, it works out that way. It's kind of weird how that works and balances. Yeah, I agree. Almas is a pretty awesome weapon. And uh, since you don't have to use the TP bonus offhand, you can focus less on accuracy as well, which is pretty nice. I was saying last night, force. if I won the Mog Bonanza, I'd take the Flame Tongue and offhand it with Almas for Blue Mage. Yeah. But uh, even even um, if you just have, uh, if you wait until AM3 with Almas, usually cdc something and then just melee it down with the white damage without having to go for a second weapon skill which is also pretty neat you might but get uh, am2 with mps though I, I don't usually get am3 yeah. i'd use savage blade at that point i wouldn't run am3 at all because just am2 you might get up to with multi-attacks and you know maybe the foshia you know gorgon or something belt procs or something but anyway we're on aimer did we finish aimer today? we didn't talk about the weapon skill or today's... Sorry, Eric. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I can't really comment. Do we have any other elemental weapon skills we can go off of? Are they any good these days? Cloud Splitter. Yeah, Cloud Splitter is any good? Cloud Splitter is really good, especially for... I think it's pretty solid, yeah. Yeah. I think I think if built correctly, I think Primal Ren really can... Bottleless Rex? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, if you're fighting... um, What the fuck's the pudding's name in... Not the Bottleless Rex... <laughs> from uh, Void Watch. Yeah, Zerd. The Zerd version of Bottleless Rex that's uh, outside of death penalties spamming um, you know, Cloud Splitter is going to be your best thing you can use to kill down Bottleless Rex otherwise. Yeah, the only thing I can tell you about Primal Rend is that when the Beastmaster NMs in Dynamis Divergence use it on my Paladin, it hurts. <laughs> to switch to Aegis. When they use it. <laughs> When they use it, when we use Primal Ring, not uh, not so much. I mean, the damage yeah. isn't terrible with Weather Spoon Ring, but it could be a lot better. It's that traditional hybrid weapon. Is it a hybrid weapon skill or just purely magical? I think it's purely magical. I was going to say traditional There's... hybrid issues where you don't have enough attack to meet with everything else. But There's would you have that ring? Lack. Actually, uh, an... sorry? There's an unfortunate lack of elemental damage gear for anything but dark damage. Like, there's, like, one or two pieces that'll do other elements. There's, like, one light ring. 
and I think there's a wind piece somewhere that's not actually any good anyway. If there were, if there was a better spread of those kind of elemental affinity enhancers, you might see more use of some of the various weapon skills. But if you're a beastmaster, you'd probably have the beastmaster ring, not the butter spoon ring. I don't think they really use the Ethereum dot that much, to be honest. Brother Spoon is actually quite a decent choice for them. But um, also about to say, um, last time I um, really researched Primal Wind with a beast friend of mine, that was before Odyssey. Now with Nyame B-Gear, I think it could be really powerful. Since Beastmaster didn't have a lot of great magic attack bonus options back then. So the big, yeah, they have become more powerful, but they're still niche. The big difference between Cloud Splitter and Primal Rend is kind of similar to XP and Savage Blade, where the the FTP is higher on Cloud Splitter, but there's no D stat difference. So it's 40 I mean, strength in mind for Cloud Splitter, and it's 60% uh, charisma, and what is it? Uh, 30% dex bonus in, for Rem. In mind for Primal. But there's a D stat difference there that doesn't exist for Cloud Splitter, which, Martel, could you explain that better? Because I can't explain the difference in stats as well in this equation as maybe Fox or you could. So, and it's hard to go into too much detail of this because magic weapon skills are not really my thing, but D stat is a lot like where spells will compare like mind versus the target's mind and then say how, who has more of this and then whether it's more or less, there's a, a bonus or a penalty. The difference And on that. elemental weapon skills, these usually have a cap, which on the older elemental weapon skills is really small. It'll be like 32 or something. Um, in this case, the cap listed for Primal Ren's D stat is 651, which kind of makes me go, huh? Um, interestingly, it's comparing player charisma to monster intelligence and then multiplying it by 1.5. So you could make that fairly significant. The D stat, I think, goes straight into the base damage stat for the weapon skill. Then you multiply it by FTP and MAB and all the other modifiers. Yeah. Um, I think that. This is fairly advantageous to Primal Rind in this case. Especially with a weapon, but... Now, this is assuming, of course, that you have more Charisma than your target has Int. But if you're stacking Charisma for the Charisma mod, you may, in fact, have more. So Cloud Splitter sounds like without... Like, if you if you were using a Brew, it sounds like Primal Rend would absolutely destroy. But Cloud Splitter having no D-stat difference here kind of makes it sound like it works without as much buffing against targets like Zerd. Because they probably have a lot of Int that you can't overcome with, say, Charisma. The other thing that's worth noting is, being an Imprint weapon skill, Cloud Splitter self-skill chains, whereas Primal Rin doesn't. Yeah, that's... Or at least it true. doesn't self-dark. I don't... Yeah, I don't think these self-skill chain either of these. No, they Primal definitely don't. Yeah, Cloud Splitter is dark uh, and frag, and which Primal is Rin is grab and verb, reverb, which is, you know, meh. See, it's funny how all these different aspects come together. Like, they try to... Like, imagine balancing... You have... All the different equations for these weapon skills, all different ways they can be used, different caps and everything, and the stats, and the weapons giving different modifiers, and the situation in which you use them, the skill chain bonuses, and all this. Like, imagine balancing all these things together. It's absolutely fucking ludicrous. Well, and that's why it's not actually all balanced. Oh, of course not. It's, it's you know, I'm still waiting <laughs> for a thousand years to be better more interesting. in, uh, you know, real use besides being capped against Ballista. Yeah, I mean, I, I find it way more interesting in this sort of Wild West balance situation where there, there are things that are not quite balanced and there are things that are either really good or really bad. And that's way more interesting than everything being basically the same or everything adhering to a specific standard or level. 14. Uh, basically, yes. Um, not that 14 doesn't have a, its good points, but it, it did not keep a hold of me the way 11 did. So It's not as deep. 
Uh, exactly. That's that's a very good way of describing it. So, <laughs> Karn. Well, we did talk about Emer in today's world. Okay, okay. Unfortunately, I can't comment on it. I don't have it. This updated, would be so. a perfect Fox moment because Fox has talked about Aimer versus Gutler and how Gutler has attack percentage and Aimer is a static bonus. So for something like using the Tiger, you'd want to have uh, the attack bonus of Gutler versus the static bonus of which you might use against. He mentioned it before in a Beast Mesh episode many moons ago. Uh, so Aimer is nice for the TP bonus, the Spur, the Aftermath, the fighting with your pet. Uh, but if you're just doing certain things, the skill chain property on Gutler, the attack bonus for certain pets, specifically the Tiger, as I mentioned before. Um, I'm not a beast expert. It's level 37. I don't spend much time researching it. Unfortunately, it's one I'm actually very interested in because it's a very, very interesting job. But Aimer today seems like if you take Beast seriously enough... Hold on. Oh, is Beastmaster available? Can we get him on the horn here? Hold on. I wonder, the other channels. I wonder if he's available. Let me check the... Uh, I saw him earlier on in Notorious Monster. So it was my second mythic I made. So back in the Sinister Rain days, it was a huge difference to the attack of the Tiger and Sinister Rain. I mean, I think it's still pretty powerful for Beastmaster. Yeah, I'm not sure about support roles. I just don't know how much, if it affects like support abilities at all for party members. Like what kind of supports? Like the um, lowering, whatever that thing is, the, the slug does to lower the maximum HP. I don't know if it affects that at it's, all. It's uh, Corrosive Ooze. It does 33% attack. I think it only affects the duration at most. Which wouldn't really matter. Not really. Actually, let me check the slug real quick. Or anything about the debuffs that monsters can do or pets can do? But yeah, it's most mostly a damage weapon for for pets. Uh, like most slug users wouldn't really care about it. They can always reapply it. Okay, um, uh, Beastmaster says he's, he's busy in another call right now, so we will not get the Beastmaster in depth. Uh, analysis on Aimer here. Y'all end up Maybe. with a uh, a mythic part two, then that could be. Oh, a, it's going to be segment. Yeah, there will so, probably need to be in a Beastmaster segment. Then we could end it here. But oh, we have Karn. Yeah. So okay, we just, Karn. Just uh, add a tidbit: the oozes um, vary with uh, like TP boosts the damage, not duration. So probably and not the point interesting that at all. Is is not the damage? Yeah, it can do decent airy magic damage, but it's not not amazing or anything. Not like the fly could do. So it really depends on what pet you're using for which circumstances, really. Yeah, it's purely for damage. So that's what you care about as a Beastmaster, then make a namer. I think a lot of these weapons have gone down to if you like the job. So it's kind of like college. Once you find out what you really like, you just spend all your time doing it, even though it might not be the most rewarding of things to do. Like the podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Uh, should I Karn. read the, the Karn stuff, or does anybody else want to? Uh, I could if you want, I mean, I mean, about, I have uh, one. Eric's do the Eric's do the RSC thing, and Spicy can do the real life. Okay, sure. Rod of pure silver and designed for self defense. Oh, come on with these names, Carnwinhan. No, uh, no, in the in the real way, I had to pull the notes up here to look at these fucking, sorry, these fucking names. Come on, yeah, okay, you go go ahead. The, this is this is some wall shit. This is what you're here for, anyway. <laughs> 
Legend holds that this dagger was the original counterpart to the Great Excalibur, as we uh, as learned earlier. Observing. Designed to be born simultaneously by the same divine king of old. But handed down through generations of bards who carried on the tradition of seeing that royal line's glories, it was seized by Balran and added to his collection, stating simply that bards don't need daggers to sing. Oh shit, this feels like a Funkworks bard episode. Bards don't need <laughs> daggers to sing. Well, you fell wrong because I love the duration bonus. <laughs> That's the point of the story. But, okay, so this is this is definitely Welsh, just by looking at it, but how would you pronounce F-W-L-C-H? Fulsh? 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 How the fuck do you pronounce that? The, the, the Kelfulsh bit there? Kelfulsh. You know, I, I bet you're going to have to Google that if you want to get anything. I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering that. That's just my guess. Uh, I want pronunciation. I don't think, I think Google will help me here. I think the W is pronounced as an U. So, uh, Kelfulsh. Okay, so, okay, go on. Yeah, go on. I don't. I don't know. Have I have a Welsh friend, but he's already asleep at this. Oh yeah, I don't think we can. I, I asked Beastmaster, and he said no. But at least we got Martel. I don't know how many people we can get in this room right now to clarify all these random things. I think we're doing pretty good. I, I think we're doing. We're good. trying pretty good. We're, we're, this is this is fucking excellent. All right, Spicy, you want to read? Uh, let me let me pull Google up here first. You give a story here while I like Google translate this fucking word here. I've not had to do this ever in this podcast yet. So hopefully you can go ahead and add the picture to the that Martel made here uh, to compare it to Excalibur. I already put game. it as a note in an earlier part of the episode, but I guess I'll make another note to put it back in right now. Well, when we're talking about it, either yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. I'm glad okay. we have to make sure the pronunciations are correct. I got to a uh, a random site that is attempting to pronounce this, and I'm getting Khalid Fulsh. Yeah, well, yeah that was pretty close. I, actually, go full. I yourself. can't even hardly. I mean, I'm hearing it, but I don't think I can reproduce this sound. Here, let me let me grab this real quick and throw this somewhere you can guys can. Should I put this in the podcast notes channel or anything you want? Okay, I'm looking at it, so I'm going to throw it in there. Well, I, I, I don't I know. If Google translate. It translates to hardship. Well, that sure is a hardship to pronounce it. <laughs> so in Google Translate, it says Kalulfulk. We can Kalulfulk ourselves. <laughs> it's basically the same in this other website, too. And I'm, I'm not Welsh enough for this, but I, we tried. So, Karnwahan, it means, quote, little white hilt. It was the dagger of King Arthur, as I said before. In the Welsh Arthurian legends, it is sometimes attributed wit him magical power to shroud <laughs> its user in shadow. <sighs> Irony on the design. The handle's black and the quote unquote hilt or cross piece or is gold. So it's gold and black, not white. What's the deal? I don't know, but in Kulvuk and Olven, Arthur's Arthur names it as one of the few things in the world which he will not give to Kulvuk. Later, <laughs> this fucking copy-paste. Later, Arthur uses it to slay the witch Ordu's daughter of Orvin by slicing her in half. In the Welsh triads, Carnivanon is listed alongside Arthur's spear <sighs> Rongominyad and Arthur's sword Kalidfolk, Excalibur slash Calibron, as sacred weapons given to him by God. Fucking God help me. Fuck you. The sacred weapons that God has given him, Rongimont his spear, and Kalidfolk a sword, and Carnivon 
his dagger, which I'm not pronouncing any of that right, but that's the story. A plus for effort. I think that handled a lot better when Martel helped me with the uh, the go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, that one. I mean, a lot of these need a pronunciation guide. I'm not from the right part of the. I world couldn't read to, the uh... pronunciation guide. I was never taught how to read one. Well, that's that's why I, uh, I googled something that would that would talk to me. <laughs> Hardship. So at 75 cap, there was no explanation of how much it actually affected your songs. All we got was a little note from SE, so no one really knew. But we did have Troubadour at this time, but it only gave a 10% expansion to your song's duration. So it really wasn't all that back at 75. So, Martel, did you miss this? What? This, this whole thing. Pardon? Did you miss doing this, this whole thing? It's been a while. Oh, podcasts. Um. Oh well, thanks. I appreciate that, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Jeez. Well, I did abduct him. Well, I have fun so that sometimes, but it probably works better to not, not let me get time to think about it and get nervous. That was, hey, want to come on for a bit? Sure, and then just start talking. Um, that's kind of how it works. I mean that it, that, that may work better because now I'm just talking and I I don't worry about it or think about what people listening are going to think. I just oh, perfect. Yeah. So you you've melded into the the couch here perfectly. They think Pretty you're a much. bird gang nerd. Oh, well, yes. I'm not going to argue with that. He is. So, uh, as Funk was saying, that karma's pretty useless. It only decreased duration at 75 by 10%, and not much of the gear increased duration. So, and No, the gear really had duration increase. It couldn't stack, stack it. Yeah, there's nothing and there wasn't no multipliers. Bar DD was just like a niche stream back then, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of like today. Songs all the time anyway. Well, it has actual... Uh, places you can apply it today, but not really back then. You know, after we did that Bard episode before Odyssey was a huge thing, we kind of had to eat our words because now with the episodes and Odyssey and stuff, Bard in the farm with you know whatever it's doing, it's a lot of time to melee on Bard in the segment farm and just in general on these fights. And you know, if you're on a Bard and something, if it's not going to kill you that you're up fighting in general, it's just meleeing on Bard with no sub job kind of. For, you can't carry, you can't silence, you can't do any of these things we talked about before. We kind of had to eat our words here, and, and Bard is much more of a melee with no sub job than, uh, than anything. Yeah, now it about. is for sure. Yeah. It's just uh, like wave three, even for extra damage. I was like, doing, I could do 5% damage in wave three. Ooh. I'm Some sure Martel could too with his, his Burkong. Uh, I think you're going to. I think you'd have to be super tanking for Paladin to uh, weigh in significantly there. 5%? Yeah. I don't know. Five percent doesn't sound very high, so I just I, I know Paladin will not. I mean, do it depends that. on if you're talking like tank. if you have an entire alliance there, then I think five percent for a support job or a tank is could be fairly respectable. Yeah, you're talking go. the main boss, yeah. Yeah. We're, okay. See, we're putting in perspective now. So, are we still talking about Karn or <laughs> yes? Yeah. Far in general, digressed a bit. Yeah, we're not talking about Khaled folk. <laughs> yeah. So, from my personal experience with the weapon at R15, it. Um, as long as you can maintain the aftermath, it's actually really amazing. As long as you can self skill chain, like the the weapon skill itself can make its own distortions, just spamming it, which is really nice. Basically, basically feels like Rudra's in some ways, and you can really push it. But um, and and actually, it actually uh, also has the advantage of not needing a TP bonus offhand, so it um, that kind of deals with the accuracy issues parts often has with. A Cento. Um, so overall, pretty solid weapon, but um, depends on the content where you can use it. 
Yeah, so it's frag distortion, so it can skill chain with itself. And that's a rare property for a mythic. Yeah, uh, usually they get kill. frag grav, so you can't do shit. I still think all the mythic weapon skills should have a, a level three property. Maybe only have the level three if it's being used with the mythic weapon or something. If they want it to be restricted in some way, oh, but that would be that would be so awesome though. They freaking unlocked uh, imprint weapon skills from the weapon, and those have self level three properties. What's the problem, Missy? So I feel also like Karn's weapon skill back in the day at non eye level or situations that were slower when you'd put that gravity in the mob for especially before Rouge's was the thing, like everyone was spamming Rouge was and it would be on the mob constantly. The gravity from Karn actually back in the earlier days, even seventy five era when you were kiting, that gravity was very important for being able to just like you would just randomly in a fight you'd feel like you're losing and run away you can't do that nowadays it doesn't work that way you got time limits etc but just the having gravity when you try to run away from a mob or something or you die and it starts running after someone uh just that gravity from karn was super cool back in the day and today it's not nearly as cool but i think it's still nice to have i can't think of a situation that we had to do that but it How'd you get TP though? Would you do use Icarus Swing or just, would you go die just, trying to get TP you from just a mob? Swing on bard. Sometimes your bard is showing up and swing. But also back in the day, gravity would give evasion down, which they changed many years ago to not only give movement speed mm-hmm. down, and it used to give evasion down. So you'd want to actually yeah, have after, your bard. After they added distract, I think. Yeah. So you used to actually want to be like, give us evasion down, please, with your uh, gravity on your weapon. So. It's not the worst weapon skill. It's just, you know, for Bard 2, yes, it's the worst. it doesn't get... It's got 5 FTP. It's not the worst thing. It's it's kind of like a better version of... Uh, of um, What's the weapon skill on Mondal? It's... Mercy Stroke? Mercy Stroke. It's a better version of Mercy Stroke, in my opinion. It's got a 70% Charisma, 30% Dex, 5% FTP. And- yeah, you really got to abuse the Charisma uh, scaling and uh, multi-attack with um, Mordant. Because the base FTP is so low, so you kind of um, have to stack that multi- mythic multiplier. But Bar doesn't get great multi attack gear, so aftermath on Bar I mean, is you know kind of yeah. nicer than other jobs. Actually, Bard has Way a Linus, lot of Bard plus yeah. two neck. Yeah, yeah. A lot of quadruple. weird amounts of QA <laughs> quadruple attack for for being Bard. Yeah, with the aftermath three, you actually have a pretty solid amount. Okay, probably so. enough to get to like. 27k 30k let me curb my my statement here bard gets less multi-attack than other jobs that are dds that would make mythic weapons invalidated more with i mean the the aftermath alone actually helps bard a lot with tp speed since they don't have great melee gear without uh, nyame or volta gear you can really tell when it's up and when it's not up that's what i was it's huge getting at but as far as besides damage dealing as far as today, um, the other remas, I talked about this before in the part episode, but the other remas are more important. First, before Karn, you can get much more use out of the Duradabla and the G-Horn and the uh, Marzius. Yeah. So Karn should be a, a focus while you're getting a bard and while you're learning how the job works. It should be the last thing you obtain while you're working on other ones first. Karn's comp a lot for Fox because he doesn't want to play Bard because when we do Odyssey, uh, Karn and JAs line up perfectly with doing a farm for us or in general because it's 10 minutes to the less than 10 minutes. Uh, and he's like not having Karn is a detriment for him and Odyssey specifically, which is what we're mainly focusing on. So it comes up for him like he has Bard but doesn't want to use it over other people because not having Karn. Whereas Karn is Literally, like everyone talked about all the things for Bard, as you were saying, they're more important. And Karn's the least important of all those. But just the way Odyssey lines up 
for us. It just keeps being like, oh, I can't go bar, I can't have Karn. It's like Rostam for Corsair. Just it's even more important the... in my mind. Well, yeah, it's just nice to line it up with her JAs. Because, so. yeah, you have no JAs on, on core. You can do it while running. You can do it while fighting. A bard has to, like, get everyone around, and, it, you know, JAs are limited and everything like that. True, but Crooked does add uh, potency, not just duration. True. By the way, both, both are really, really good to have, and uh, bard doesn't feel complete without them. Wow. My experience. I mean, I, I, I know that Remas are necessary to play the game, but... Uh, it feels, feels nice to have all of them. After playing with Ken Konkin, I could say my pup doesn't always feel complete without it, but I mean... I mean, mine would feel compl uh, incomplete without it, so... The opinions differ, I suppose. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to use maneuvers without the Ken Konkin suppression. Well, if you're using the Black Mage puppet, yeah, otherwise it, it's not important, honestly. Um, ranged automaton? Maybe overdrive, yeah, with, with Flame Holder. Otherwise, besides Flame no, Holder... No, I mean... I mean, triple, triple wind for shooting. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's burdened with uh, the extra hits. Everyone started speaking Greek. I mean, pup, and I have no <laughs> yeah, idea what's going on. It, it's happened a couple times. earlier, too. This yeah. is actually a secret pup episode. Yeah, we have like three times already. He's talking about the barrage turbine. We haven't gotten to Kinkonkin yet. It's the last one, I think, too, isn't it? Like one of the last ones, the Zona Kinkonkin and like Dancer Terpsichore are like the last three. Yep. So, at any rate, we've covered half of the mythics. In almost four hours. He didn't even ask me how I was doing at the beginning of the episode. I'm pretty offended. Oh, shit. Funk, how are you doing? Same here. Oh, I already told you how I was doing. Now. We didn't cover that, did we? I thought, I thought we'd covered how we are. I can do that next week. Wait, <laughs> wasn't the beginning, though? <laughs> next week. Next week? Four how hours? How are you next week? It was, it, was, it was three and three quarters hours. And this is why Carrot's eating out of my fridge and, you know, I need to feed her because she's like a wild animal in my garbage cans. Well, if it was actually the other time we started recording, it would be after midnight and you shouldn't feed after midnight. Yeah. I'm sure Eric's has to go to bed. But thank you, Martel, for stopping by to help us out and give your mm -hmm. amazing perspective that adds so much more depth to the entire experience, of course, and for your free time. So... He was the only cool guest tonight. <laughs> I agree. Now I, I'm not disappointed by my choice of bricking. The no. Martel danger. It was uh, it was fun to to pop in and chat. To pop in. Because like when Funk's here, if it's the three of us and it's you, Funk, and I, I feel like you and Funk could do what Eric's and I do with the puppet thing and just go off and off and off, and just I'm kind of like here, and it's like, hey, uh, so about that, uh, Liberator. I'm looking forward to the nostalgia episode. I could definitely. Uh, I want to reach out to that. someone specific for that for once. Someone we've never talked to, someone we haven't had in a Discord, someone we've never mentioned, someone who's not been talked about whatsoever. There's someone I thought of that I want to reach out to for that. You know, someone that people know of, but he's not like, not like a like a crazy streamer or anything like that. Like like not like not like I'm like inviting ninja to my fucking thing. Like certain people are trying or tried to, of course, they'd be rejected because that's funny. Uh, and not like we're inviting Ninja or like other ridiculous people who why would you want to have around? But there's someone in particular that came to mind for a nostalgia episode that qualifies for like playing this game for a very long time that I thought of that I want to bring on board if I can finally reach out to them on a day off because like I have to find them at the right time. It's a hell of a teaser. Yeah, it was a teaser, but if if nothing ever happened, we'll just forget about it. So, all right. I I think a nostalgia episode could go on 
we had a nostalgia episode. Yeah, we had a nostalgia episode for like the first quarter of this episode. We're talking about all these things in the past, and I I kept going on this road of how I felt like the game has become stagnant now, like it was in the ZNM era of '75. We talked about adventuring fellows and adventuring fellows. We talked about and And other nodding just on mythics. So. Okay, Martel, before we end this, Adventuring Fellows, do you think it'd be better to revamp the existing way they are with the menus and everything and make them better and more particular? Or do you think it'd be cooler, although it would never happen, to give them like a Puppet Master equipment menu, like monstrosity-wise with instincts, and customize your Adventuring Fellow with instincts and everything, like a pet, like Puppet Master or something? Would that be cooler? I think the latter would be more interesting. But but I think what would be more likely to happen if they did it as anything at all is adding the adventuring fellow as a customizable trust, adding them to the trust list and then giving you the same options for their behavior that you currently have while upgrading them to be usable in an eye level environment and in the same content as trusts are. See, that's the first time anyone mentioned bringing them as trusts. And I think like doing all the quests with the pearl and everything and having the pearl, which is a waste of inventory, of course, but like getting them up in limit breaks and customizing them and, and XPing on the max with the pearl to then call them stronger as a trust. And as you, gear them up call them I, i'd trust. like to see That's those cool. the, the progression that, that people have worked on and leveling them up i'd like to see that add to their existence as a trust if that was added um i'm not quite sure how that would go though because trust just you gained the level they get the level so yeah. this one you like you worked for it and you should really get something out of it if if they go there at all i don't think they'll ever revisit it to be perfectly honest but yeah they probably won't but your adventuring fellow like you could change their armor and stuff they wore too so i don't think i think they would drop that if they did but just calling them in a custom way like a trust is a static thing so i don't know if they could update the trust, well, trusts trusts aren't entirely static. If you consider the example of of Monborough, or however you say his damn name, sorry, I'm Mon-Bro? not French enough. Uh, but if you if you talk to him and you trade him elixirs or or one K gil, it unlocks different behaviors and moves for him. That's a good. So it's point. already a form of customizable trust where uh, a player action taken through a menu or through trading something can change a trust's behavior. It's not that great a a, a leap to think that your uh, adventure fellow's current settings could extend to what your trust version of them does. These are the hot <laughs> takes we bring Martel on GoFunk. <laughs> it's just those, uh, those examples of things you've observed before, right? Uh, if you get exposed to enough crap in this game, sometimes you remember them. Yeah, and for trust as well, they do have the synergy for different trusts, depending on if they're out or not. And this is not related, but for the mounts, you can have your own chocobo as a mount. And I believe the speed changes based on how well you raised it. Your, your original Chocobo stats extend to the mount version. I have one. He's slow. Yes. Yeah, he I have has mount well. duration, which was totally unimportant. I mean, it's like 36 or 30, 35, or it's more than the base mount duration. You wouldn't which, ride him around that long. I mean, so, exactly. If this mattered more when it was from the Chocobo whistle, because you might, you don't want to get off this thing until you know you're where you need to be. So you might want that duration if you're planning on crossing the continent on Chocobo back. But for a mount that you can recall once a minute, what's the point? So I think that based on that, it can carry over those stats. I, I think if you raised your adventuring fellow to max level, there should be a quest that could be possible to turn him into a trust. And have the stats carry over. I mean, have, have it do a trust and then some sort of equivalent quest to the current quest that powers up your trust based on how many real players are in the party. Send this a bug report. Bug report. Like, why, why can't I call my adventuring fellow as a trust? Make a video first about it. <laughs> With no description or anything, just a video of you doing your trust and adventuring fellow, and there you go. So, anyways, I think we're done.
Anything to add, Eric? Not really. I was about to say something, but you guys could pretty much cover this. So Eric's going to have to do the Fox send us off thing. Well, I mean, what, what was what was Eric's going to add first? I was just going to talk about fellows with the trust thing and how they should make uh, the gear static, or they would have to make the gear static to make him work as well. I liked making my uh, my adventuring fellow wear the black uh, Baron Sayo gear that was doesn't exist anywhere else in the game because it's just unique for fellows. Yeah, they would have, probably have to make like um, several different types of trusts you can uh, summon with static gear, respectively. Frankly, That's since the adventuring fellow is the only person in the game that can wear the Black Baron Sayo gear, I think that would make the most sense for their set to be based on. Didn't they yeah. also have like a special Hydra set? I think they just wore the Hydra gear from Dynamis. Uh, the Hydra set, I thought, was just a, a player equipment set that could add stats to your fellows in various... It, d- it oh, yeah, yeah, right. did, yeah, it stats, but I think they had like a, a version that was similar. Not maybe not the Hydra, but like the uh, level that, 70-ish that red mage. They had like that... Dupon-ish? No, it was like that, yeah. that chainmail-ish kind of set. Yeah, the, the armor that added stats was so shitty. It was like one strength and one dex or something stupid hey, like that. at 75, one strength small. and dex, you know, was something. I mean, it was Something still awful. And that, that's the kind of crap you get off your level one nation ring. Like, they even had it come from, like, the events, like the sword event. That's where one of those things came from to yeah. give adventuring fellow stats. You could say the adventuring fellows are beasts of no nation because they have no stats plus besides that, you know, weird katana and stuff you call them with. Everything we're talking about is not going to happen due to PS2 limitations. That's pretty real. <laughs> but, okay. I... I doubt anyone at SE even remembers that the following system was a thing, and someone would have to remind them to even move their thoughts in that direction. This is a premier cheese sandwich opportunity, where instead of asking for a cheese sandwich, we ask, hey, could we have adventuring fellows again? And that'd be the prime you know, cheese sandwich question to ask. But we have updated monstrosity as well. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's the kind of content that lasts that this game needs, is monstrosity to be fleshed out more. Hot take, but I actually like pancreation. Uh I did, but it got really tiring very quickly and very stale very quickly. So those two things, pancreation and monstrosity, like if they like if they visit these things again and put like I don't care if we get nothing for a month, just put time into that for a month and give us that, and that would be more interesting to go mess around with and just talk about and all that other stuff than to mess around with a new ambuscade again. That's the old ambuscade. Yeah, I agree. Ambuscade is getting rather stale, even though they're adding. The, the 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 summoner thing was interesting. This is the first time they've added the new one in years. I mean, they did add the, the removal mages. Not... I think the most recent one, uh, the Iron Giant one, I think was the newest new quote unquote oh, yeah, one. Yeah, true. So the V two aside, or... aside from Ramu, uh, that it was, was V one. Okay, a extremely. Obnoxious oh yeah, you're right. V1. That was the one the pups would tank because you know. Yes. Greek. Yeah. I mean, it's still like ambuscade, but it's like the same thing every month, and the cashing out is a pain in the ass. Uh, That's how I'm making the Vajra. If they would adjust the menus for that to let you mass buy, like the way you can buy um, prize powders from the Accolades NPC, it would be a much simpler uh, matter. Although it's still a a stress on the inventory, no matter what you do with it. Uh, A lot of these items, I mean, uh, HP bailed, Alexandrite, all these, they need 100 pieces. Seriously, now. Let these things be converted. Yeah, the an option like with the um, crystal nodes would be nice. We can just fill up your inventory to to uh, completely capped. That would be nice for Alexandrite, for example. Oh, I know. Jeez, and and if uh, 
even more so if you just let you trade it into an NPC and then tell him send that over to to Papa Rune or whatever his name was. And... Big Papa Rune, love it when you call me Big Papa Rune. But so as our first almost four hours episode, uh, any final send offs we want to give here? Yes, I have a nickname for you, Spicy. Yes, what is it? I'd like to call you Spice and Dice. Spice and Dice. I thought I was Spicy Girl Ryan at the start of the episode here. I did call you Spiceroo, but... Spiceroo. He's a key Karen now. Give me all the shinies. All the shinies. Need to upgrade this audio equipment and, and some nonsense or something. To start uh, a fundraiser. And I then need... stop making episodes. How about you, Funk? Anything to add before we go? Got nothing. Hopefully we can make the next episode just as enjoyable and hopefully at least two hours. Hopefully, yeah, it'll, it'll be at least. It won't be four hours, that's for sure. Have Idris and Epo to it'll talk be about five. Yeah, well, actually, we yeah we had twelve weapons, but we won't. Hopefully, I want to say. See, that's kind of rude. I want to say we don't hopefully have an abject email, but <laughs> hopefully we don't have things taking up our time next time like, for this. Hopefully, ask us how we're them. doing. I think. For- Funk challenged him to two, make to send in two emails. So. Yeah, I want two, yeah. Yeah, we'll be doing nothing. We'll do three parts of Mythic. Yeah, five hours uh, episode. Let's go. <laughs> five hour episode. So it probably would have been if we kept going. Thank you again, Martel, for coming. It's great to have you mm-hmm. again. Missed you. That's been interesting. It just came up, and I'm like, wait, wait, Martel's a person. Yep, I don't Is mind he... being uh, asked about my areas of interest and expertise. Is he a person or a mute shield? Shield, questionable. Okay, so uh, who's giving the send off here? There's no, there's no fox for this. So, Funk no, Eric's is the next best thing. Eric's okay. I don't, I don't know what kind of send off fox has been doing. He just says, past, "See you guys later." You know, it's later, guys. Oh, late. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay then, sayonara, suckers. Appropriate.